What is up, boys, girls, Holgamaniacs, anybody out there, your ears do not deceive you. This is an episode of Big Boys and Body Slams. My name is Zach. I'm Kyle. It's weird because we're not all sitting around the table in the studio. I'm, I'm the only one in the studio. No, we're, we're coming to you from our own our own spaces today. Because our we're in our zones. We are that's, locked down. That's right. We are locked down down how's everybody holding up there oh Oh, and hey luke didn't get to say i'm luke uh yeah yeah that's me i'm luke all right there we go (laughs) now we're all there well how how y'all holding up and through all the all this nonsense we're having to having to go through man it is a weird time it is a yes it is a very very weird time it is super weird but i tell you what I've been waiting for the day as an adult where I can finally go back to me being 10 years old and playing video games for six hours straight. And by <laughs> God, have I done it. Oh, yeah. I mean, obviously, we hope everybody oh, out there oh, is man. well. And this really is an unprecedented time. Uh, we're kind of living through like major history right now. Uh, yeah, and no this kidding. goes beyond wrestling. This goes beyond you know any of that stuff. This has been quite the ordeal. Uh, I'm ready for my kids my kid to go back to school already that's for sure uh but it's looking like i don't even know if it'll happen this year so we thought with all this going on we could help ease some troubled minds out there with a special lockdown themed episode of big boys and body slams Woo! so that's exactly and, what we did and maybe the sound might not be not be up to our usual par but that's we're working with what we got yeah we're recording on skype so we uh you know bear with us there might be some audio jank some slight technical difficulties but we're up and running like we always are it's not like we were you know par par for the course par for the course yeah. i guess i mean before we get into lockdown i think there's some wrestling things we should probably talk about ahead of time like wait, wait, we wait. went to nxt portland things, things have happened since we quit yeah wrestling's oh, been, we were... wrestling's been a, a fluid in a fluid state yeah we went to uh nxt portland that was fun that was one of the best nights of my life. That was that incredible. Was, incredible. That was so much fun. Luke Luke was saying some pretty inappropriate things on the way there, but that's all right. It, ha- it happens. You know, when you get excited, you say some things that are inappropriate. I drove yeah. by myself, so I missed all that fun. But, man, just the whole event, our seats, our were, seats were out of this world. So good. And, yeah, the whole night was just spectacular. We got to see Poppy play, which was a big highlight for me. Uh... Yeah, that was a big highlight for you, pal. <laughs> I'm a big, I'm a big Poppy fan. Oh, which was kind of a bummer because it was really poorly mixed in the building, yeah, so like it was, you could hardly like hear couldn't anything. Even hear and we, and we couldn't see her where we were sitting because she was on the entrance ramp, but uh, it looked really good and it sounded really good you once you watched it from home. That was always that was the cool thing is we yeah, don't get to yeah, do that too much. Is uh, we get you know watch it live and then actually watch it on TV and see what the yeah. production value was like. Yeah, uh, I watched most of the show when I got home that night because I wasn't going to go to bed right away. I was amped up. So I watched uh, the Riddle 
the tag team match and the main event. And then I watched the rest of the next day. And uh, man, the whole night was just very special. Every match was fantastic. Obviously, NXT's TV product hasn't really been um, following that same level of quality. And then since this all went down, I mean, I'm not going to judge anybody on what their shows are doing right now. Uh, but that being said, what do you guys been thinking of uh, right. AW Dynamite lately? Oh. Dude, Dynamite has been killing it throughout the, this whole thing. Last week was a little step down from the week before. The week before, they phenomenally done with the wrestlers and the crowd. And um, you got, and you got really two debuts with the wrestlers and the crowd. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which, which, how do you feel about those debuts? Um, I think they were great. I obviously, it would have been nice to see those uh, reactions crowd. happen yeah. in front of a crowd. But, the pop. you know, we don't know when that's going to be. So there's really no point in waiting because it could be months till they're in front of a crowd again. You know, hopefully it's not that long. But I thought given the circumstances, I thought they were excellent. Uh, my family was really confused. My wife and my kids at why I was popping so hard for a drone. <laughs> but you know i thought yeah, i really i really think the matt hart i think the matt hardy one is great but i think it definitely needs the crowd reaction yeah oh, can you imagine i i honestly just like imagine the pop with it like there's immediately came i'm just so conditioned i guess that when i saw him i immediately got a pop in my head <laughs> that's crowd. awesome yeah uh, and, i just I gotta mean, say i mean AEW in general I think has been, in my humble opinion, has been just absolutely like as good as a wrestling show has been in a very long time. And it's been yeah. a, such a breath of fresh air. You could say it's been dynamite. Uh, <laughs> how, did, uh, how did you guys like the tag team match at the last AEW pay-per-view? That was one of the best tag team matches of all time. It yeah, was, of all time. It was of phenomenal. It was more. It yeah. was better than phenomenal. It was, it was perfect. It was one of the best matches I've ever seen. Period. Well, I mean, you put those four in there, you know, you're going to get something crazy. They yeah. knew they had to pull out all the stops as their first pay per view of the year. Yep. Um, but good God, I've loved, I've loved Hangman's evolution because I mean, we've kind of talked about it on the show, um, how I was kind of torn and I just didn't quite get it yet. But the more that he's been able to actually distance himself. From the elite and um, seeing the the dichotomy between him and uh, Kenny Omega has been awesome, and so I think that that really it's it's become the pictures become a lot clearer to me in the past couple months for Hangman. I, I think yeah, as you say that he's also grown as a performer in such a short time. Oh my god! Yeah. Like, like you know when he was he was never a bad performer, but when he was like up against Jericho. You know, he just it just didn't seem to all click yet. And right now, he seems to have some of the best character work, some of the best all wrestling, wrestling, some of the best True. mic skills. Yeah. True. He's been, because it he's felt been forced at first. It felt kind of forced. I mean, we knew that he was going to get pegged in the, like when, it, when AEW first started. But uh, it felt forced when he was the first one to face Jericho for the – well, when they faced each other for the title. But um, now, yeah, now I get it. And, I mean, the Young Bucks, they're just so damn consistent. Kenny Omega's probably the most consistent wrestler of all time. Um, oh, God. Do you, like, do you think Kenny's the best in the world? Yeah, I do. I do, too. I, do. I don't think he had the best year last year of any wrestler, but I think he's still the best wrestler. 
Dude, he yeah. was selling. He was. I mean, he didn't have the best year. You're right, but he put over so many people. He made yeah. so many people look good. They're, man. Bu- they're building to it. Oh, for, for, for sure. Kenny to have his like moment in the sun. And oh, just God. another thing about that match that I loved were just all the little references, like to the elite and their history, uh, like the golden the, trigger, the golden trigger, and when uh, Hangman did the chicken wing, the chicken wing. Yeah. Oh man, just it was it was excellent. The whole pay per view was great, but that match in particular hey. was just excellent. How about Orange Cassidy you, real quick, you, though? Oh, man. dude, Orange Cassidy. I love star. Orange Cassidy so much. That was so fun. That was so That match fun. was great. Hey, I what? do want to say, Zach, Zach said moment in the sun, and I think uh, we need to give a little shout-out to our boy Edge for his return at the Royal Rumble. Yes, Rumble. yes. Yeah, that was huge. I, and I think, you I think that's to... important because uh, we've all missed Edge, and it's I mean, it's going to be weird to see him wrestling a match with no crowd at WrestleMania, which we'll talk yeah. about WrestleMania after we. Well, that's the only thing I was going to add, a little add bit, to the but, Edge but, thing um, was that he like it was amazing. Obviously, he got the huge pop he deserved, but it sucks that this whole you know the COVID nineteen has hit when it has because he really deserves every single pop um, that that he that he's going to get. But the fact that he's now before he really gets his teeth sunk in is performing in front of empty crowds it's yeah. kind of a, a test to him and um not i don't know it's just not what he deserves i suppose no it definitely dampens the return i think to a degree uh which is unfortunate because the man that pop that he would have gotten in front of that live wrestlemania crowd in tampa oh my gosh yeah out of this world I, and that's let's, let's let's talk a little bit about mania right now before we get into lockdown yeah, uh, just, okay. what guys what do you guys think about the landscape of this year's WrestleMania? I think it's safe to say, uh, certainly for me, that this is the strangest WrestleMania in my lifetime, and it probably will be forever. Uh, what, what are your guys' feelings about WrestleMania? Uh, I'll go ahead and share yours first, and then cause I think I have some pretty unique thoughts that I want to that we can address. And then obviously, stay tuned after the review of Lockdown because we will do a, a prediction, I believe. Yeah, sure. Well, we're we're. We're going to give a call to an old friend of ours after the lockdown, and then we're going to uh, talk about WrestleMania a little bit, and then we will. We have a few little surprises here and there for you. Well, I think that with WrestleMania, um, I mean, it, it's just going to be weird, man. I don't. I'm I'm going to watch it just because it's WrestleMania, but you're we're starting to see people now drop out left and right. Roman Reigns dropped yeah. out of the Goldberg match, um, which. Which, as if I wasn't pissed enough about the Super Showdown loss with with the Fiend, um, the fact that Roman, like the fact that it's not even going to get that payoff, just sucks. Yeah. Absolutely sucks. And the fact that it's Braun taking over for that oh match sounds like. Which, I mean, I'm a little excited to see Goldberg and Braun go at it, but I know it's not going to be very good. Well, you know what's going to happen. You know what's going to like. Braun is going to get married. That's. You think so? <sighs> Well, I guess, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what WWE anymore, man. I know that this would be a great opportunity for Braun to step in and get a, a springboard, but how many fucking times have we said that? Oh, there's the first F-bomb, but how many times have we said that? You know, no, they, you're they, right. Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, my personal feeling is that Braun's gonna Braun's gonna do it, but I mean, like you said, it's impossible to predict with WWE anymore. And this is honestly... This wasn't a show I was very excited for to begin with. Uh, right, and I don't I don't know if all the happenings have lessened my excitement for it or like made me more excited for it in a way, 
because I am extremely intrigued to see what this WrestleMania is going to look like. I know they're doing a lot of goofy gimmick pre-tape matches, which I mean, they're making the best out of the situation. Uh, So I don't know. I'm kind of intrigued to see just what it's going to look like, what it's going to sound like, what it's going to feel like Uh, from that aspect. I mean, I might be more interested than I was when it was just regular WrestleMania. Um, I, the, the thing that I don't like, I mean that, I mean, and it's not WWE's fault at all. The crowd is something that I feel like makes WrestleMania better. Yes. You get, you get the pops like for Drew McIntyre. If he wins the title, can you imagine the pop that's going to get when he beats Brock Lesnar? Well, even just the pop for someone showing up that you didn't expect. Like when John Cena did his thugonomics, was that last year? Yeah. I mean, I that that I mean, I know I was screaming like a little girl. Oh um, yeah, you 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 screeched. I did, I did, <laughs> I did screech. Um, but yeah, not having that reaction is going to be super weird. Uh, yeah, but yeah. you know what? Like obviously we're going to go over it later. But you take a look honestly at, at the card. I mean, not really the undercard. That's not really as interesting. But there's some there's some matches that that could steal the show for sure. I feel like they're doing given the circumstances. They're doing everything I'm kinda, they can. Oh yeah, for sure. And I'm kind. I almost think they should have just canceled, uh, postponed it. I agree. But I understand why why they're going through with it. Um, the one thing I do have to say is that Firefly Funhouse match. I'm really excited for it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I think that could be a lot of fun. I'm thinking think Lesnar McIntyre could be good. Unless, yeah. unless it ends up like House of Horrors. Oh God! I mean, there's always that chance. I think I the one though the gimmick match that I'm kind of worried about is the boneyard match. Yes, just what because I don't know that? I don't know what a boneyard match looks what like. What is and that? I, my mind instantly just goes back to that grave vampiro match. and sting. <laughs> yeah, that vampiro had yeah. So oh, was that vampiro and sting? It was vampiro and the demon, wasn't it? Oh, the kiss oh, demon. Oh yeah. no, yeah. that's right. <laughs> the kiss it, demon. Didn't we watch that one night we after did. we were done recording? Yes. We did. Not that yeah. long. We ago, watched either. that. And Mike Awesome versus the Insane Clown Posse. Uh, you, Mike Awesome? I don't know who that is. Oh, I only know that oh. 70s guy. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we've talked enough about bad WCW. Should we talk about good TNA? Yeah, nice. but I think there's a PSA first. Oh, is there? Yeah, there's. A, we have a uh, an old friend that called in a public service announcement for us. We do? Cowboy let, Kenny. Let, let's uh, let's get him up. Let's get him up. I think we have him on the line here. I think Cowboy Kenny has something to say to everybody out there at home. Ooh, partner. Now you know. Being a cowboy, riding the range, your hands, they get calloused. They get dirty. They get full of germs. So don't be a knucklehead. Wash y'all's hands a minute or longer. I want you to wash your hands till they're red. Till they're till they're bleeding. I want you to wash your hands like you've never washed your hands before. Because Cowboy Kenny ain't gonna take no chances. Cowboy Kenny's gonna stay home. Cowboy Kenny's gonna save lives. And Cowboy Kenny's gonna wash his goddamn hands. And I better see y'all doing the same. Because Cowboy Kenny will find you. And I'll wash him for you. Alright, thanks Cowboy Kenny. Wow, hey, thanks Cowboy Kenny. Good, yeah, good to hear from you. Wash your hands, wash your ass, social distance. That's right. The three the, the three steps. Wash your hands, wash your ass, and social distance. Let's get into TNA Lockdown 2005. <laughs> the, lo- the Lockdown Special. By the way, thank you, TNA, for posting these shows on YouTube. Uh, very helpful. They posted quite a few, actually. They did, yeah. They, and they're still posting matches and shows. and uh, That's kind of been a, 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 another sidebar, but that's kind of been 
like a big kind of positive through all this is seeing like all these entertainment companies like kind of going out on a limb and like giving you stuff Dude, <laughs> you know really having to, they're really having to be creative they really yeah, are like the wwe network giving away like a huge portion of their library for free and disney plus you know putting frozen 2 up a month early uh that's been it's been nice to see uh and tna again doing this this is locked down 2005 though coming to you from the yeah, impact yes, sir uh spooky spooky opening video package here uh spooky. man <laughs> if it's not evident right off the bat at this especially during this time it's better now, but at, during this time, TNA's video packages were not up to snuff. They, they were really bad. Every video package, <laughs> every video package on the show is garbage, including this is probably the best one because you got this like spooky like graveyard voice, like disembodied ghost voice talking to you about how brutal and violent the show is going to be, which you know did set the tone t- a decent level. And of course, we have Don West and Mike Tanay on commentary. Uh, instantly we cut to the locker room and the first like one of the first things you see in the show is kevin nash's disgusting <laughs> staff infection like that's how they're setting the tone for the show it's like hey everybody welcome to the lockdown here's kevin nash's hole in his leg and then you get a look at that for a minute yeah, and, so the, and the best part about this is too he, he was a featured part of this pay-per-view like he was supposed to be he was yeah. supposed to be the leader of the waltman ddp team yeah yes yeah, just but, him staring longingly at the bandage, and then the hole in his leg, and then back at the bandage was ridiculous. It was so stupid. It was so yeah. It was it was it was <laughs> disgusting for one. Like looking at this man's rotting leg, and I also liked how they blamed the uh, they blamed the staff on Jeff Jarrett too, which is always what you want to happen. Steph, yeah, yeah. yeah. Jeff He's Jarrett. Like, Jeff Jarrett in his room and infected Kevin Nash with staff, so now he can't That's wrestle. Right. Is making I bet a, Jeff Jarrett stabbed him with a rusty nail. Uh, that's probably exactly what he did. His biochemical uh, warfare. Good old Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> Thankfully, we don't have to sit there and look at Kevin Nash's limbs for long because we go into our first match, uh, which is Chris Candido and Lance Hoyt versus R. Apollo R. and Sonny Siaki. Uh, just a Lance note, Archer. I believe Lance Hoyt. Yes. Oh, sorry. Uh, I believe this is the last time we'll see Chris Candido in a ring. It is. It is. Unfortunately, uh, because at the beginning of this match, he lands really awkwardly under, I believe it's Sonny Siaki, and uh, instantly, like, motions to the ref that his legs hurt, and he just leaves. And that's the rest of the match is just uh, Hoyt going it alone. Uh, And obviously, that would lead to the injury that would take Candido's life. So it's a little eerie seeing this match, you know, right off the bat. And then another note I have around the top. And the announcers. The announcers just would not stop like talking about it the whole show. Yeah, the whole time they were like, "We told you, you never know what you're going to see on the show. Like this it's is violent, thighs and esque." Yeah, like, and I I get taking advantage of something real, like at least getting something out of uh, a real tragic thing that happened, and like trying to make that accentuate the brutality, right? But they took it way way too far. Yeah, and then well, my favorite was when they replayed it like six matches later. And they replayed it like four times in a row. And it was like and they were just showing it. Yeah. It was like, we don't need to see this, especially given knowing how that injury would obviously impact Candido. Uh, just eerie. Uh, and another thing I noticed right off the bat was, man, Lance Hoyt during this time, like I knew he could go, but I didn't see him being a like star. the monster that he is now in AEW. And it just yeah. goes to show you how much that New Japan run 
uh, from whether it's, you know, Killer Elite Squad or through to his solo run really helped him flesh out his character and become well, this well-rounded guy. I, I think that that opens up a conversation on a whole nother level, right? Like New Japan, just what the runs for certain people have done in their careers, period. Yeah. Like that different style, that strong style, the different way of wrestling, um, the way to to really the psychology is is perfect in New Japan, right? Like the way they're able in ring to control the timing of matches and control the crowd is nothing short of incredible. So I think it's done a lot of favors for a lot of people. Oh, AJ Styles for sure, like namely. Definitely. I was gonna say, I mean, I guess this is another just off topic, but AJ kind of made it seem like made New Japan relevant again. Like you didn't really hear much about New Japan when before AJ went there, but then when AJ went there, you started seeing hearing That's about true. all these different guys like AJ and the Young Bucks and Cody and Kenny, and then the guys that were already over there like Shinsuke Nakamura and uh, the the uh, Anderson and Gallows. You know, like Gallows went over there and like reinvented himself. Uh, totally reinvented. A train or Tensai, or Albert, or whatever, he went over there and had a really good run until WWE screwed him up when they brought him back. Yeah. Well, yeah. shit, even I, well, people I think like it's... Vader, Vader, I mean, going back, people like Vader had great runs in Japan. Brock Lesnar? Oh, yeah. It was a short run, but... Well, I mean, that's... Yeah, I mean, I think it was AJ, and I think it was the Bullet Club had a huge hand in, like, bringing New Japan back to to relevancy again and uh well the bullet club was today. like the nwo of of asia right like <laughs> i mean it still kind of is right it's yeah. Still going. yeah yeah still going yeah. uh anyways this match i mean it wasn't much it, it there's really not much to say especially after canito goes out it's just hoyt he does a couple you know impress i think all the impressive things in this match were kind of in hoyt's hand like he was Bro, Lance Hoyt looked like tests. i'm not gonna i mean i don't know he kind of right like he he looked like test here honestly um he, and the, and there were some there were some showings of athleticism for sure and he looked solid but you could tell he was still green oh is this where green. he started isn't this where Lance White started yes. yeah so uh what'd you guys give the match oh by the way uh Siaki uh, and Apollo win after a sunny Siaki splash they won at 658 six minutes 58 seconds I gave it two stars there was nothing really bad about the match it was just kind of there. Uh, Candido getting hurt really hurt the match though because I think he could have done the lion's yes. share of the work and made it look better. Um, I did kind of like Apollo though. I know Zach hates Apollo, but um, I thought he was decent. Siaki was good, and Hoyt. I mean, he was green, but he did some athletic things. Zach, why would you go and hate Apollo? Uh, he's just a big boring guy, you know. <laughs> he just kind of yeah, sucks. I do know. I, uh, gave a, I gave it a star and three quarters. It, I you're it right. Too. It was. It wasn't nothing to. It wasn't anything to write home about, and it's just sad because that's Chris Candido's last match, and that's how it's going to be. Also, yeah. <sighs> Zach, yeah, what'd you give it? Tragic. Uh, two stars. Nice. Nothing special. I, I, I. The, the, my favorite spot in the whole match was when Siaki German suplexed Hoyt off of the top rope when he went for another moonsault. So, Sunny Siaki, you got my favorite spot in a match, probably for the only time ever. Uh, after the match, the Naturals come in and they just beat up Hoyt. For they yelled reason. at him. Yeah, they weren't very nice to him. What What was that um, about? Do we know? Because Chris Candino was managing them at the time. Uh-oh. Part-time. So, Hoyt got their buddy hurt. Um, yeah. So, after each match, I was going to pick out a performer or a couple to talk about. And the one that stands out in this match, uh, Chris Candido and Lance Hoyt both. Uh, is there any memories you have of either one that you think people should go look up? or 
I mean, everybody. I mean, this is su- this is super recent, but uh, that Lance Archer John Moxley match. That's what I was thinking too. Uh, really, really worth a watch. It's very entertaining, very fun. Uh, and he, uh, Juice Robinson had a really good match as well with Lance Archer recently. Or any of the Killer Elite Squad stuff, especially from the World Tag League. Uh, they were a very good team. Uh, I th- yeah, I think if you have the WWE Network, some of the ECW Chris Candido stuff yes, is worth a watch. That's what I was yes, definitely. Say. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't have any matches like picked out, but I mean, he had a really good run there. Yes, he did. Certainly. Shall we move on? Yep. Sure. Let's do it. Uh, backstage, Dusty Rhodes is just all over some babes. He's got babe in each arm, and uh, Tracy, Tracy Brooks. Trinity. Yeah, mm-hmm. Tracy and Trinity, mm-hmm. who we'll see shortly. Uh, he's got Tracy the babes. Tracy's actually married to Frankie Kazarian. Oh, really? Very interesting. Yeah. Uh, basically, he's got this like raffle lottery box, and he like spins it, and he p- takes out the names that are going to go first and second. First is Jeff Jarrett, and second is Sean Waltman, baby. <laughs> that was the worst Dusty of all time. But he's literally I he's, it. he's a rotisserie in his grave right now after that one. Uh, and then we get a that was the worst thing to say. And then we get a <laughs> video funny. package of Bobby Roode and Dustin the Natural Rhodes. Uh, yeah, this is just a feud, and then they're gonna have a two out of <laughs> uh, they're gonna have a two out of three falls Prince of Darkness death match is how this match is billed. Yeah. Uh, that sucks. <laughs> that is quite the so uh, the way the stipulation works is if it gets to a third fall, both guys have to be blindfolded. And I don't know where the death match comes in, but it's just the worst three stages of hell you could possibly imagine. <laughs> yeah. So I missed the first fall of this match, by the way. I think everyone did. <laughs> I, uh, everyone did. I like messaged Kyle after it happened. I was like, wait, when was the because it was when Scott Demore was like yelling at the announce team for some reason and like how we were up one zero. And I was th- like, where was the first fall in this match? Uh, apparently, there's a roll up by Bobby Roode in the beginning of the match. Uh, Scott Demore is just all over the place outside during this. He is just on one. Um, well, with with that botch, with like the first fall, um, the referee didn't really signify that it was a three count. I mean, usually you'd have like the ring announcer come on the PA and be like, yeah. first fall goes to Bobby Roode. But like, there was no, there was zero indication. What's up, Kyle? Nobody knew what was going on, not even the announcers on that. No, nobody seemed to be in on that. Uh, there was some fun stuff in the beginning of this match. Uh, I I particularly liked the like the sling he when when Rhodes slingshotted Rude into the cage wall and then he like backstabbed him right after that. Uh, that was a fun spot. A bunch of near falls by Rude on roll up attempts. Uh, Demore's just going nuts. Can I tell uh, you my favorite part of this match? Absolutely. It's when Don Wet when Scott Demore's over at the announce table yelling at him. And uh, Don West says that he smells like Canadian bacon. <laughs> that was pretty good. Uh, I think Don one of my West. favorite parts of this match was when uh, Rude gets thrown into the cage door on the backside of the cage and it flies open and hits the cameraman right in the face. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. Uh, Dude, did you, see, oh, did go you see in the beginning, like before this match started, they had the cameraman like in, I don't know what you'd even call it, like blast gear. Like yeah, just ridiculous like, crap. He was he was dressed like I Norman Smiley that. in a hardcore match. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he was like in full gear. But then like that was only for that first match. They never after that they like never did it again. The rest of the also, show. Also, get the cameraman out of the ring. What the hell's he even doing in there? At least he had his riot gear on in case something went down. I mean, good God. Uh, 
so we're eventually the uh, northern lariat to the back of Dustin, and he's dead, but he gets his foot on the bottom rope to stop the second fall, and then he hits a top rope bulldog, and now we're even at one fall apiece, and uh, here's... <laughs> Here's when the guys get hooded and they get put in blindfolds. And if you just imagine what a match would look like where both guys are wearing blindfolds, uh, that's pretty much how it went. Uh, they spent several minutes. They got stupid. They spent several minutes kind of just like walking around like they were wearing blindfolds. And then just some schmoz shit started happening. Uh, Bobby Roode gets a chair that Demore throws in the ring. Uh, which, by the way, I thought he was going to hit Dustin with it when he threw it in the ring because it went flying. Uh, but he got it over the cage, which was impressive in its own right. Rude accidentally hits Demore with the chair. And then he Dustin finds the chair and he just whacks yeah. Bobby Rude in the head with this head chair. Shot, baby. Whacks him in the head with this chair. And that's enough for the victory. Uh, I didn't really like this match. Well, here. This was 15 minutes and 20 seconds long. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it was terrible. Man. It was so bad. It was so well, bad. I had some hope. Give, I gave it... Uh, I don't, what'd you guys give it? I want to see if we're in the same I, ballpark. I gave it one and a half. The, yep, yep. The, open, the, <laughs> the opening, like, five minutes was actually pretty good. Other than and then it just up. fell off the cliff. And then it just fell apart. I give it a star and three quarters. Yeah, I gave it a star and a half. I tell you what, uh, Jake Roberts versus Rick Martel, excuse me, Rick Martel, that was a uh, a good uh, blindfold match. This was not it. This was not that. This was, no, this was bad. Huh. And Jamie Noble, that's another good blindfold match. Oh, <laughs> yeah, fantastic. Hey, but let, let's talk about some good with both these guys. Let's do yeah. it. So let's start with Let's start with Dustin. What's your what's some Dustin moments you like? And I, I think everything in this AEW run should be on the table because it's been great. Then I'm going Dustin and Cody. Yeah, absolutely. That's the Definitely moment are. for me for Dustin Rhodes. Either that or his uh, Hollywood backlot studio match with, with Brody Piper at WrestleMania, right? Yes. Or the Chicago whole tag Street team fight. run with Booker T. Or no. What the heck yeah. was it called? Hollywood, yeah, you're right. Hollywood backwood brawl. What one with Booker T? The, oh, yeah, that run. The tag team? Yeah, that was fun. Uh, what about Bobby Roode? I think you, you got to talk about uh, Beer Money. 2012. You got to go 2012 run, right? Yeah, or NXT run. Yeah, his NXT run just at, at, as a whole was was pretty good. But man, Beer Money was Beer Money was great. I'm just trying to think. You know, with yeah. Dustin, um, it's kind of crazy to see him here and how he wasn't really at a good point in his life here. He's talked about that. It's pretty well documented. Uh, and then for him to have the career renaissance that he's had. And AEW has, I mean, that's a true, like, happy story in the wrestling industry yeah. that you don't see often enough. It's been an amazing comeback. I mean, he's, he's almost really got better than he's ever been right now. He is. He's absolutely argue, he's better definitely than better than he's ever been. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. What do you guys think about Bobby Roode right now? Like, where his career mm. is? You mean putting dog food on people? I mean, yeah. I mean, he's in main event segments. They're just not good ones. I think. And I think Bobby Roode should be, should be main eventing. Yeah, he could. Am he I the only one? He's really that, good. Am I the only one that's shocked that his uh, alignment with Dolph has lasted as long as it has? No, I'm. I'm. Yeah, I thought that this was going to be a short-term thing. For yeah, sure. they're still just doing their thing. Well, they're they're in the purgatory. I mean, like that's how I feel about yeah. it. Yeah, both guys are popular enough to have them on shows, but WWE doesn't know what to do with them. They've never known what to do with either one of them. Never. No. Not once. Not at all. It's unfortunate. I mean, just any, like, 
so many of those TNA guys that end up going to WWE just get lost in the shuffle. I mean, there's rare exceptions, yeah, obviously. That's definitely but, what happens. Like, then you have your Bobby I mean, Roode, Eric Youngs. EC3? Yeah, EC3 just for sure. Completely a non-factor. But yeah, they just have no clue what to do with them, and it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to necessarily copy the gimmick, but don't try to really recreate the real, and they would have been fine. No, I mean, and Bobby Roode and NXT right. had the perfect gimmick. Yes, and, and people, they were, just, people yeah. loved it. Yeah, and they just up. haven't known what to do with it. So it's it's unfortunate, but, I mean, he's getting a steady paycheck. He's on WWE TV every week. So, I mean, it could could be worse. could be EC3. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh. Uh, Bobby Roode, though, uh, his match versus James Storm, Bound for Glory 2012, if you can track that down. Yeah, oh, that's a good recommendation. You know what? They might have put that show up for free. There was a, there was quite a few pay-per-views up for free that were just random, and that might have been one of them. Oh, so I check mean, that that's, out. That's that's the culmination of their chemistry in that big yeah. payoff. So. Yep. Man, Bobby Roode. Oh, shall we move on? Oh, by the way, uh, Cassidy Riley uh, helped out in that match, and I hardly remember Cassidy Riley at all. Anybody? I, you know what? I remember him, but at the same time, I don't. Like I couldn't. I remember him, him being around. Because Kyle, I mean, you and I watched. This was this is what at least for me. Like this is our prime Impact years, prime TNA watching years. Are you watching? I remember Cassie Riley with Raven. Yeah. Yeah, he was just kind of the punk. Yeah, he was the punk that was just kind of hanging out with Raven, and Raven would kind of beat his ass if he messed up. <laughs> God, Raven, good guy. Good guy, Raven. I couldn't pick yeah. him. I couldn't Raven's pick that guy the, out of the lineup. Raven's man. Hell no. Anyway. Oh, up next, no, no. we hit an X Division video package, and it's just X Division madness, you know? Just X Division fun. It's going to be forgot match. about. Yeah, you need but, to go backstage, son. Backstage interview. What? Who got an interview backstage? I didn't Christopher write Daniels with Shane Douglas. Oh, yeah. I didn't write uh, yeah, Shane Douglas. Shane, Shane Douglas was the uh, uh, backstage announcer. Uh huh. Underrated interview guy. He. And he interviewed Daniels, and Daniels was like, I'm going to win. And Elix Skipper showed up and said, no, I'm going to win. It's my Dude, time. And Elix, Skipper, it. Elix Skipper asked Christopher Daniels why he was using his outside voice. And that <laughs> cracked me up. That's pretty good. That cracked I, me I, up. I told Zach that, that Elix Skipper has all, had all the tools to be like a successful, great wrestler, except for his voice. Uh-huh. Yeah. Maybe he yeah, needed to use right. his outside voice more. Well, that was yeah, the he just had like this. Him saying that in that voice killed me. Yeah, sounded Here's like qu- somebody that should be on a soft rock radio station. <laughs> and then Douglas at the end, um, after they both leave, saying that uh, tonight's match will be <laughs> prime time was uh was he did it he did it he did, he did the thing he did he said it. Uh, here's a question for you guys: Was anything okay. on the line in the sex division match? Because if it was, I've missed it. Uh, no. Number one contender. Okay, I wasn't that sure. What it was? Yeah, because uh, the next pay per view was the was Shocker versus Christopher Daniels for the title. Well, spoiler alert, dude, we haven't got there yet. <sighs> Sorry. Uh, this is Michael Shane, who you might also know as 
Matt Bentley versus Sanjay Dutt versus Chris Sabin versus Shocker, who was in a McDonald's commercial. <laughs> who was in a McDonald's commercial, and that's all you need to know about him, apparently, uh, because that's about all the announcers we're going to give you. Given wrestling history, any, having Shock or like anything related to Shock in it's your name kiss is of just death. bad luck. Bad luck. Yeah. Um. So the the way this match works is the first two men are going to be eliminated under pinfall rules, and then the winner between the last two escapes the cage. I really liked the stipulation in this match. Me too. I just, I thought it was kind of fresh and it's something you don't see very often. Um, and of course, uh, but the part I wasn't a fan of is it was like kind of tag team rules for a little while. Yeah. I was really confused about the tag team rules, but then like it kind of just broke down after a few minutes. So I don't know what that was about. I mean, a lot of tag team wrestling is just like that today. I mean, yeah. Look at AEW. (laughs) Yeah. So all their tag team matches work, (laughs) but, uh, no, it was, yeah, I thought that was so weird that they were doing tags for the first little bit. But the action that we did get was just uh, crazy. I mean, Dutt and Saban started the match, and they were just doing some flips. <laughs> they were looking like Cirque du Soleil in there, and it was really fun, and the crowd loved it. And then we talk about Shocker being so famous for his <laughs> appearance McDonald's in the McDonald's commercial. commercial. Uh, yeah, you just get a lot of flippy X Division madness. Uh, the fir- who's the first guy eliminated in this match? Oh, we gotta talk about how it, uh, <laughs> when Michael Shane like Alabama slammed uh, Chris Saban into the cage wall. That was nuts. That was awesome. Uh, I actually, love that. Sanjay was the first eliminated. That's right. That's right. And his name is Matt Bentley, sir. Matt Bentley. What did I say? Michael Shane. He goes by Michael Shane in the show. Yeah, that was his name here. Pal. Oh, does he? Yeah, Matt Bentley yeah. came after. Oh no, my Matt god. Was born a little that later. shows you how much I was paying attention. Yeah, come on. Jeez. Jesus. Uh, uh, can I tell you what drives me nuts in this match? Yeah. So the I mean, something that drives me nuts in a lot of wrestling matches is when it's like fatal four way rules with elimination and people don't work together. But here, like it doesn't matter who gets pinned, right? Like, as long as it's not you, you're, you're staying about- in the match. Oh, oh yeah. And they're breaking they're breaking up the, up the pins. Especially, especially Michael Shane. He was breaking up pins left and right in this match, and it's like, why let them go? It doesn't yeah, matter. No sense. At least the announcers were like hammering that point home too, and they weren't just letting it go. Because like every time it would happen, I thought Don West was going to have a stroke. Oh, he was mad. Um, <laughs> he was getting pissed. Also, then things start getting a little wild when the women get involved. Yeah. So Trinity and Tracy are at ringside. They're fighting, and then Trinity fighting. like breaks Tracy's ankles and then she just like climbs up the cage and she does this Cody Rhodes-esque giant big boy moonsault off the top of this cage onto everybody in the ring and then Tracy gets in the ring and the bump she takes when she gets tossed so Michael Shane just like instantly tosses her out of the ring but she takes this like bump on the top of her head on the way out that Mm. just sent shivers down my spine oh that was brutal dude it was a really bad looking bump uh, and then there's a cradle oh, shock to man. Michael Shane, and he's eliminated. So now we're down to Saban and Shocker. And they both climb up the cage, and then they kind of climb over, and they're doing, like, the Shawn Michaels Undertaker thing on the outside of the cage. And uh, they both end up falling. Shocker hits the ground first, so he wins the match. How long was this? Yay. Can I... Whoa. Uh, drove me nuts that. What drove me nuts? Yeah. Tell us. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can. Uh, they're banging each other's heads 
against the uh, steel as they're hanging out. Yeah, what do you think is going to happen? Yeah, if you, if you keep banging their head on it, they're, they're going to drop before you. Why not just drop? Yeah, we've we've been conditioned to know what happens when you bang someone's head against the cage in these matches. Obviously, they're going to fall. So why don't you just jump down first? Hello. Yeah, it 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 was weird, and it just, I mean, I, I liked the match. It was 16 minutes and 14 seconds long, right? Yeah. So decent action. I gave it three and a half. I liked it a lot. Just some of it made no sense. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I also gave it three and a half. Uh, like you said, the in-ring work was fantastic. I mean, there was crazy flippy moves all over the place. Uh, but the booking, like, from top to bottom, was just really hurt this match for me. I gave it, a, I gave, I gave it three stars because of how bad the booking was. I mean, it, this is like what we come to expect with X Division matches, for sure. Um, right. Awesome athleticism. Um also, Shocker winning. I mean, I had no investment in him. I actually like the other three. Um, I don't really know Shocker at all, nor do I remember him. But, yeah. Uh, yeah he was stars. in a McDonald's commercial, Luke. Oh, all right, sorry. man. Thanks. All right. Um, so, can we talk about Chris Saban for a minute? I do. Yes. Yeah, let's, let's do, do it. it. What, what are some of your, your memories on Chris Saban? I think beating Bully Ray for the teenage, the big one, and the Motor City Machine Gun. Oh, run, yeah. Run, like, oh, yeah. Some of that, some of that early X Division stuff against AJ and Jerry Lynn, Michael Shane, stuff like that. Well, he's me, always been a huge crowd favorite too. Yeah, there's a, think, one of the most underrated Saban, wrestlers. Yeah. When I think of Saban, the first thing that comes to my mind, if you just say when you when you hear the name Chris Saban, what do you think? The first thing I think is Motor City Machine Guns. And then right after oh, that, yeah. it's his work in the X Division because he was one of those early mm-hmm. X Division anchors in TNA. It's that a staple. He was always reliable. He could always put on a good match when you needed him to. One of the smoothest workers you'll ever see. Uh, and I think right. one of the more underrated guys ever in the history of wrestling. Sure. But Man, I think his was... best work definitely is done with the guns, you know? Oh, oh definitely. definitely. In fact, let's uh, since we're throwing out matches throughout this podcast, I'm trying to find some good ones. And right, uh, right. how about you pop in, if you're able to find it, TNA Bound for Glory 2010. Or the Machine Guns face off against uh, Jeremy and Max Buck. Oh, which, or the which tag you, you know, th- that was uh, the Young Bucks. If people don't know that, um, uh-huh. back when they were very young, um, another feud for the Motor City Machine Guns that people may remember, maybe not. I remember watching these, and these were some of my favorite tag team matches. Were against Team 3D. Mm. Um, I remember. I don't even remember what show it was on, but I remember being on the edge of my seat for a couple of those matches. They were that good. Nice. I mean, those are two great teams. It it just lends itself to to that. Are, right. are, now, both guys and uh, Motor City Machine Guns, are they are either of them working right now? Well, didn't Saban like, tear his ACL? Or, like, Shelly is. He was, Shelly yeah, was just Saban, something recently. I believe, is working backstage. Yeah, he did NXT. Okay, that's right. Um, that's right. He went. He the time splitters. Wait, the time splitters. Lost. I think Saban is working backstage at Impact. If I'm correct, like okay. producing matches because nice. of his injury, they gave him a backstage role. Good, good for him. Yeah. Uh, can we talk about this video package for Jeff Hardy and Raven? Wait. Yeah, we, I'm waiting. We got a uh, Chris <laughs> Candido breaking his leg like six oh, yeah. times. That's when we got the replays of Candido's leg, Joe Theismann esque leg break. Uh huh. And that was good fun. stuff. And then we get just this goofy video package for Jeff Hardy and Raven. Uh, 
I mean, it went. It, it, it's about what you expect a 2005 Raven Jeff Hardy video package to be, if that makes any sense. But it's just like chunky, grungy guitar with like this, uh, the disembodied voiceovers back again. It it it's very much like 1997, but like in 2005. Like the production right. quality of this video package. Uh, however, that is going to lead to the match, which is going to be Raven and Jeff Hardy in a tables match. Uh, Raven is dressed like an extra in a corn video when he comes out. Like he's got the dreads. <laughs> he's wearing a straight jacket. He's got the kilt. Uh, but he looks great. I mean, come on. And then uh, awesome. Jeff comes out bringing the chair and just instantly attacks Raven with the chair the second the bell rings. Uh, guys are going through tables left and right, but they're putting themselves through the tables. So it doesn't count for the tables match tips, just like that uh, Royal Rumble Dudley Boys match and Hardy Boys yep. match we saw. Uh, man, this match had some stuff in it. That, that's for sure. Uh, Can I tell I you thought... that Jeff, Jeff had my anxiety going through the roof when he was trying to jump off the top of the cage. When he did the, send, the swanton off the top of the cage, I thought he was going to fall into the crowd. Dude, he was like teetering. I, I Honestly, dude, you forget. Like, one tends to forget after how long it's been just what crazy shit Jeff Hardy did. But yeah, he tried to kill himself at least, you know, like once a week in the ring or outside of it. Yeah. I mean, oh, man. This match had some crazy spots in it. Uh, how long was it? Let's get that out of the way first. It was uh, 11 minutes and 51 seconds. Yeah, it, it, it felt about like that to me. It felt a little short. Uh, given, but I mean, it's really hard to book tables matches like that. I mean, there were twist of fates. Raven, did you guys see Raven? Like, obviously trying to blade right in front of the camera. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did I you also? That. Did you also hear the crowd chanting "That's so Raven" at one point? No, I missed that. Yep they they were chanting "That's so Raven" at one point of the match. Oh my god! It was uh, I, I have That's... it written down here and I can't find it, but oh, I had. Man. Oh, it was after it was ap- right after Jeff missed the Swanton. <laughs> That's great. And then Raven uh, takes a broken piece of table and starts digging it into Jeff's head. Yeah, that, that wasn't very nice. That's like how oh. you catch a disease. That's what that is. Uh, by the way, speaking <laughs> of disease, how you get COVID. This, this was the this was the match where the mat started looking kind of gross. And man, by the end of the show, this mat, I wouldn't touch this mat for a yeah. It was bad. This was yeah. the match when it really started to get bad. Uh, towards the end of the match, Raven sets up this like huge stack of tables with the ref's help, of course. Uh, yeah, the ref's just helping Raven. Uh, all this lets Hardy recover, though. He beats up Raven, sets him on top of the stack of tables, gets up on top of the cage, and hits this big boy leg drop through the tables, and Jeff Hardy wins the match. And 16 minutes, as we said. Right? 16 or 11 uh, 11 minutes and 51 seconds. All right. Uh, what'd you guys think? Um, so I gave it three and three quarters because it was fun. Yes. Uh, some of it definitely did not work though. Like the ref helping stack the tables <laughs> or how they, how Raven just goes and opens the cage door. Like what's the point of having a cage match? If you can just open the door to crotch your opponent on it. But, but, um, a lot of fun, definitely Raven and Jeff Hardy from this era which so enjoyed it yeah uh i gave it three and a half uh thought it was fun like you said i enjoyed it a lot there was definitely some moments that were questionable but on the whole it was just a brutal hardcore style match and uh followed the formula to a t didn't do anything you know crazy innovative but you got to see jeff hardy jump off the top of the cage two times so that's always nice 
Well, and two guys that are tailor made for a match uh, like that. Yeah. So I get, I give it three and a half. Luke, did you rate it? I, yeah, three and a half. It, it was. I mean, it was awesome. Um, in in ways, I guess Jeff Hardy is doing prime Jeff Hardy things, and I feel like right here for Raven, this is like the last. This is like the last phases of his prime, I guess, so to speak. Yeah. He looked good. Um, and I mean, I I just I miss this era of both Raven and Jeff Hardy. Um. So let's talk about both guys. Um, I'm obviously going to start with Raven first. Some of your favorite Raven moments. I think this whole 2005 run that ends up with him winning the King of the Mountain match, winning the NWA title, mm-hmm. is uh, one of my favorite. That's my favorite TNA moment ever, actually, because you know I'm a big Raven fan. Um, I thought that was just so cool that after kind of like just being misused in WWE and then him going back to TNA or going to TNA and then winning the title was just such a cool story. And then uh, that the clockwork work orange house of fun match against Waltman. And then the, yeah, say that, that five King of the stuff. mountain. <laughs> I, I can't. Uh, what about you guys? What's some of your favorite Raven moments? Uh, for me, I mean, Raven and ECW, just that yeah. run, mm-hmm. uh, the, the original flock. Uh, and then who was it that he crucified? Sandman. That was great. I don't care if anyone said that. Yeah, that crucified Sandman. That was, <laughs> and then Kurt Angle made him go apologize. I think was the was the story behind that. Yeah, because he was backstage for that show. Yeah. yeah and you know what else to was good? In. And I think we covered one of the matches was Saturn and Raven versus the Four Horsemen oh, in yeah. WCW. That was a really good match. Just some ones that I'm finding besides this. Um, obviously, when he beats Abyss at TNA No Surrender 2005 um, for the NWA World Title, or at least I guess that was a defense. My bad. Um, but go yep. check that one out. Um, mine, even though it's a terrible match, I don't know why, but I will forever love WrestleMania 17. Raven, uh, hardcore Raven title versus match. Kane and Big Show. I, it's what, so comical. When he almost cut the power. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's so comical. That was also um, the match where Raven got thrown through a giant window. Yeah, yeah, which was also awesome. I don't know. It was just it was chaos and it was great. So what about Jeff Hardy? Tell me some of your favorite Jeff Hardy matches. Oh God. Oh man. Uh, you, you have to, to talk about the TLC matches, like right? Like yeah, I mean, TLC those. two is mm-hmm. the the, all the classic. Uh, uh, see, I was I was never a huge like when I think Jeff Hardy, I was never a huge singles fan of his. I was always a Hardy Boys fan. You know, or, yeah, I was always a more of a Matt fan, but yeah, of course. Um, the the woken broken stuff with bro- as brother Nero was fantastic. Oh yeah, uh, and that Hell in a Cell match against Randy Orton that's a, a couple years ago that was super yeah. fun. Yes, I was gonna say that one too. I think we covered that on here. We did. Yeah. We did. Luke, you got year, any Jeff, Jeff Hardy stuff? Um, Armageddon 08. He won the title against Edge and Triple H. Yeah. Um. There's one you could go check out. And then, Ooh. obviously, yeah, Summer, SummerSlam 2000. Oh, I guess he had um, Jeff Hardy versus CM Punk. SummerSlam 2009. Ooh, I have one that I forgot about. Uh, okay. And it's not really the best match in the world, but he was a part of Macho Man Randy Savage's last match. It was uh, Macho Man, AJ Styles, and Jeff Hardy versus Jeff Jarrett and the Outsiders. So wow. if you, if you want to see uh, Macho's last match, you know, Jeff Hardy's involved in that. There you go. Yeah, I, I mean, Jeff Hardy is just... We've done well on this podcast, I think, throughout our episodes to kind of chronolog- or excuse me, uh, kind of celebrate his career and you know his ups and downs, I suppose. 
we've gotten him at both extremes. Um, but yeah, he's he's had quite the polarizing career. Yes, yeah. he has. Yes, yeah. I think he's one of the guys that's really showed up a lot just in the history of our show. Yes, uh, in one form or another. So it's fitting that our comeback show he was on. Well, I mean, like like you're just saying, we did a lot of 2000s WWE, right? And yeah. he was in that. We did a lot of TNA. Yeah. He was always in that. And then we did a lot of current day shows, and he's been in a lot of those. He he's he just he's always around. Yeah, and oh, you know, Keith pointed this out one time that I forgot to mention on the Undertaker versus Mabel. That was at an in your house match we watched. You guys remember that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jeff Hardy is one of the guys carrying Mabel to the ring. Oh. So really, yeah. He's also, uh, one of the guys, him and Matt, opened the doors at King of the Ring '95. I think I want to say. Yep. So he's yeah, al- he's always been smart. around. Yeah. Yeah, so I love crazy. it, man. I love it. Um, so good for Jeff for still being alive. Because uh, I feel like he shouldn't be, but I'm glad he is. Yeah. Up next, we get a video package for America's Most Wanted and Team Canada. Uh, and then we cut after the video package and just the ring crew. This poor ring crew is just doing their best to get this to get this ring cleaned up after that tables match. Uh, but uh, there's a lot of wood splinters left in that mat. And that leads us to... Team Canada versus America's Most Wanted for the tag team championships that are on the wastes of America's can, Most Wanted. Can we talk about how Dusty said this was going to be a strap match and then America's yeah. Most Wanted just brought out little straps and they just used them to whip people? They had like weight wristbands. <laughs> you know, like not weight belts, like <laughs> wristbands. Yeah. And yeah, they would just whip them with it. And that was it. That was the extent of the straps in this match. I was also confused in the beginning of this match. I was like, is this a flag match? Because Eric Young, like, climbed to the top of the cage and like went for the Canadian flag. So that was a little confusing too. Uh, but it was overbooked. It was yeah. Overbooked. The, the whole story of this match is that Harris gets locked outside of the cage early and, and storms A1. pretty much. Yeah. A one is not the, the sauce, the man. Yep. Uh, and storm. So storms pretty much on his own for a lot of this match. He gets choked with the strap. He gets choked with the American flag. He tries to fight back. And then Harris finds his way back into the cage and just cleans ha- he cleans house. Uh, nice sharpshooter spot by P.D. Williams onto Storm and then uh, just transitions beautifully into this elbow drop out of nowhere by Eric Young, who just flies into the frame and takes out Storm. Let's point out something real quick that Eric Young and James Storm look so young here. Uh, yeah, I mean, they are. This is yeah, 15 but, years ago. But you're, you're like watching them now and you're like, they don't even look close to the same they don't uh, look like close, the same yeah. people <laughs> Petey Williams, P- Williams looks exactly the same yeah he does but these other two just look totally different yeah uh, the hockey stick finds his way into the ring and uh, William hockey sticks James Harris but he kicks out her two and then his name's James Storm what did I say James Harris oh sorry uh, and then <laughs> you know I try my best Good call. and then uh they get the they the team Canada's being a bunch of Canadian snakes. They get out the the powder, but they but Petey Williams ends up powdering himself, and then he accidentally Canadian destroyers Eric Young, and then that leads to America's Most Wanted hitting their finisher, and they retain the death sentence. The death sentence. What did you guys think of this match? All right, so I probably overrated this one because I'm gonna say it right now. I gave it three and three quarters. The okay. story was. So fun. The match was so fun. I don't understand the straps, but I love the match. Um, I just, I just thought all four of these 
guys did really good work, and he can destroyers when they were used is something special. Yeah, we lost you for a lot of that, but we, I think we got your your. your well, I, I mean, thoughts. the final statement I think really says a lot about current wrestling. Like back yeah. when the Canadian Destroyer was was when you saw it, like your jaw hit the floor every time. Yeah. Yeah, back when it was still uh, like a special move and not just a setup move. Did you guys uh, get my get, my rating? Yeah, three three and three quarters. Yep. And I gave it a three and a quarter. Um, thought it was a really really good tag match, but it was just yeah they added in gimmicks obviously that weren't needed and it was just a little overbooked. But I mean it's A and W man. A and W is like the the standard bearer of TNA tag teams. I'd say Team Canada was amazing. PD Williams, I don't know why, but he's always just been one of my like low key favorites. That's oh, great. I mean, I, yeah, I think in the early days of TNA, he had some great feuds with AJ Styles, which we'll talk about PD after Zach gives his rating. Three and a half. Three and a half? So we stair-stepped. We stair-stepped it. Woo-hoo! Yep. Um, so, yeah, any of these four guys, any of these tag teams, I think with Eric Young, you have to look at Sanity. Uh, in, I in love NXT, Sanity. How good Sanity was. Um, with PD Williams, like Luke was saying, this early TNA stuff, is amazing, but then the Scott Steiner and Maple Leaf Muscle stuff was just fantastic. Oh yeah, um, James Storm. Anything with AMW, anything with Beer Money, anything on his solo run, he was great. Even today in NWA, Chris, he's killing it. Yep, and then Chris Harris. I mean, he's Chris Harris. The Wildcats. <laughs> he is. He is Chris <laughs> Harris. Luke, uh, you got anything? I mean, that's a guy who's also had his uh, ups and his downs. Um, I was trying to find like some of the, the best matches, um, but the internet's being kind of weird on AMW. So They yeah, had a I, good feud with the Naturals. I remember yeah. that. And they had some good matches with the Dudley Boys or Team 3D, whatever you want to I mean, call. it felt like AMW was on, on top for quite a while. So, yeah. I mean, there's, there's a pretty large sample size uh, to go after. Um, and, I mean, 2005 is a huge, a huge year to follow them, so... Uh, it, and I'm going to recommend watching the first War Games match that uh, Sanity was involved in because it was fantastic. There it was go. very good. Okay, shall we move on? Yep. We get a video package for Christopher Daniels and the Skipper. And this is talking about how they kind of started Skipper. off as friends. And uh, <laughs> they ended up becoming enemies and they started fighting. And that's going to lead to this match, which is going to be primetime Skipper versus the Fallen Angel Christopher Daniels for the X Division Championship that currently belongs to Christopher Daniels. Uh, this match was pretty tasty, guys. It was a pretty, pretty tasty treat of a match. Uh, the opening sequence of this match was just... I, you, I'm doing like the, like the hand kiss. You can't see it, but... Like the, nuns, like the Nunzio yeah, yeah. hand kiss? Man, the, whole, the first like five minutes of this match was just enthralling. Uh, can't move for move. You could tell these are two guys who knew, obviously this was the story of the match, you know, two guys who knew each other inside and out. They know each other's move sets, and that was on display pretty much this whole match. Uh, it did slow down a little bit in the middle when Daniels kind of just started working Skipper's arm. Uh, uh, but then we get a, I, I think, the, the spot in this match that that killed me uh, was when Elix Skipper hit the the uh, top rope diving leg drop. Oh or, man! It was was yeah, it was top rope, but he got like ten feet of air, and I don't know how his spine. He didn't poop his spine out of his body <laughs> after that spot. It. Oh my gosh! It made me yelp like a like a like a wounded cat. Like it a puppy. Was, it was brutal. I couldn't believe it. It's no wonder he's not wrestling today with spots like that. 
I don't know what it was about it. He's a manager now. Yeah, he's so good for good for him. Hopefully, he's uh, still working right now. You know. Yeah. Uh, There's BMEs in this match. Daniels is getting crotched on top of the cage at one point. Skipper climbs up after him, and then uh, he Skipper dives onto Daniels after he's back on the floor from the top of the cage. I mean, this match just had spot after spot. Uh, Both guys try for their finish. Daniels eventually hits the Angels' wings and retains the title by pinfall in. 15 minutes and 28 seconds. I give it three and three quarter stars. I thought it was wonderful. Uh, had that little lull in the middle, but overall the story of this match was beautiful. And obviously the in-ring, I mean, these are two fantastic workers, so no complaints there. I gave it three and a half. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I continue to say Christopher Daniels might be the most underrated wrestler of all time. Yes. I think uh, you're probably right. I, I gave it three and a half. I mean, these two obviously have good chemistry. They know each other. And they were able to work off of that to excellence. And yeah, Christopher Daniels, oh my god, he's so awesome. Uh, and also, I guess we could say, um, and this will help give you an AMW match to go back and watch, TNA Turning Point 2004, X versus America's Most Wanted, and Six Sides of Steel, and the losers had to disband, and that's how X disbanded. That's, so. That was that's the walking the cage, right? With Elix Skipper walking the cage? Yeah, yep. dude. Yep. Yeah. Um. So let's talk about Christopher Daniels for a minute, I think. When like Luke gave you a good one, I think another really good one is the unbreakable triple yes. threat between Samoa Joe oh, and AJ yeah. Styles and Christopher Daniels. Best. That was match the year that year. Yeah, um, I think oh five. Yeah, yeah. I think you should also check out his Ring of Honor title run just because he finally got the big title somewhere. I thought yeah, that was I was awesome. gonna say him, him and him and Cody for the Ring of Honor title is a classic match, and seeing him, you know, seeing him get that little run was very very fitting for him. So I I love SCU. I loved. Uh, Triple X when it was low-key Elix Skipper and Daniels. I loved Daniels and AJ's feud and then them tagging against LAX. So there's a lot of good Daniels stuff out there. Man, I, yeah. think, I think Daniels and AJ has have one of the most pivotal TNA rivalries of all time. I was going to ask, is that is that or is Samoa Joe Kurt Angle the feud of TNA? Ooh. I, I'm gonna to, me, go... to me, it's Daniels Styles. Yeah. I, I think... I think AJ and Joe did more for eyes on the product, but I think yeah. Daniels and AJ was just, it was kind of like that Triple H, Shawn Michaels feud that just went on forever. Yeah, and every time they got in the ring together, they delivered. Yep. Uh, TNA against all odds, 05, 30-minute Iron Man match for the X Division title. So that's AJ versus Christopher. Oh, I bet that's tasty. Daniels and Joe had some bangers, and then, I mean... It's kind of weird, though, uh, seeing him in SCU. I mean, it's, it's great to see him in a different role and thrive in that. But seeing him slow down and not, you know, in the twilight of his career is is just kind of surreal. He is noticeably slowing down now. Yeah, and I don't know how much longer he has, but it's it's bizarre to see. Christopher My God, Daniels. though, he's, he's fifty years old. Yeah, I mean, God, that's nuts. And so, he has taken bumps. Fault him. Like he's he's bumped a lot in his career. So. Oh yeah, yeah. But I'm just happy to still see him on TV every week. Uh, it's time. It's time to oh, find out boy. who's going, who's coming in third in the lethal lockdown match. And that's going to be the outlaw. And now it's time. The outlaws, Billy Gunn, by the way. Yeah. Uh, now it's time for a video package that is terrible about Jeff Jarrett and uh, dusty Rhodes are arguing about this, uh, this six sides of steel or the lethal lockdown match. I apologize. And then we get to the match itself. Sean Waltman, and Jeff Jarrett started out. Who is the, all the teams in this match? It's, it's Waltman. 
DDP, and uh, it was supposed Road to be Dog. Kevin Nash, but it ends up being Road Dog against Jeff Jarrett, Monty Brown, and and, uh, the, and Billy the Gunn. Out. Yeah, the outlaw. So that's that's the, so basically the way it works is it's kind of similar to War Games. It's kind of uh, starts with two guys, and then one more comes in every handful of minutes until everyone's in. The first two fight for five minutes, and two minutes after that, a new guy comes in every. Yeah. Two minutes. Until everyone's in. Uh, Waltman comes in first, and he is instantly, it's noticeable that he's on something. Uh, I don't know what it is, but he's under the influence of some kind of controlled substance. He is out of control. He is out of control the whole match. He is stumbling around. He's doing like these weird, like raver hand dances, like the whole time. I don't know what that's about, but he's just like jiving, man. He's feeling it. And then uh, he's also, he's dressed like, like an extra from like a, Mo- the hair metal crew movie yeah like he's wearing this like silk black button down <laughs> with a wife beater under it and then just like patchwork blue jeans knee pads on the outside of looks course awful uh jeff jarrett looks like a construction worker he's wearing like a muscle shirt with blue jeans why is everybody wearing jeans or slacks i because they didn't look lockdown. good pal they didn't i know look but good. it's like they look so bad that everybody in this match looks like a scrub and this Except match itself brown I mean, yeah, the, this match itself, it feels like a trash bag indie match. It feels like a match you'd go and watch at like the VFW hall with like 10 people in attendance because it's just like uh, there's cookie yeah. sheets everywhere. There's trash can lids. Everyone's dressed in street clothes. This match is a fucking mess. But I, <laughs> I mean that in the best way possible. Right. I love this match. All right. So have you guys seen the movie Clerks 2? I have not. So there's a point that. in that movie where one of the characters says, I'm disgusted, but I can't look away. <laughs> and that describes this match. That's, exa- because, that's this match. Because it is so bad, it's good. Yeah. Uh, so Waltman and Jarrett start brawling through the crowd. So they have a nice little fight for a few minutes. They're fighting. And then uh, Jarrett, Jarrett gets the cookie sheet first and just wallops Waltman with it a couple times. Uh, Waltman... <laughs> My favorite, one of my favorite parts of this match, Waltman puts Jarrett on the announce table and like plays to the crowd like he's gonna do something, and then just spin kicks him off of it, and that's it. There's no payoff after that. It looked that's like he it. was gonna give him an X factor onto the yeah. belt on the table. Yeah. But nope, but nope. The the crowd nope. too audibly let out a sigh when the when the spin kick happened. I thought that was hilarious. Like they wanted to see Jarrett go through this table so bad, but it wasn't gonna happen this time. Uh. The bell dings, and now it's time for the outlaw to come in once they get back in the ring after Waltman whiffs on a Bronco Buster. Which, why are you Bronco Bustering in this cage? There's no, like, your shins are going to get destroyed. It doesn't make any sense. None. None. Uh, So now it's a two-on-one. Bad guys have the advantage. Waltman uh, tries his best to stay afloat, but he can't really do it. The numbers game catch up to him, and that's pretty much the last rim in this There's a cool spot where Jarrett does throw Waltman up in the air, who then kicks Billy Gunn in the head. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty cool. That was like the last like breath of offense that I feel like that Waltman got in this match, at least for a yeah. while, because he was selling the, most of the rest of this match. Like he had done his work, and he's gonna he's gonna go to sleep now. DDP comes out. Uh, thankfully, he's not wearing blue jeans, but he's wearing slacks, so you know he's still dressed in street clothes. He comes out with his kendo stick, and my God, he he cleans house with his kendo stick. He is swinging this thing with reckless abandon. <laughs> He, like, it's turning to sawdust. He hits people so much with it. He was on fire. Uh, and then Monty Brown comes in Boo. a little bit later. Uh, brandishing oh. a bat, by the way. Starts beating DDP with the bat and Waltman. Uh, the bad guys are just in control here. 
Uh, Jarrett hits Paige with a kendo stick about 1,500 times. Uh, like, he's... Paige is down, like, dead on the ground. And, uh, man, uh, Jarrett is just going to town with this kendo stick to the point where, like, the crowd like, starts booing him. Like, come on, man, that's enough. Uh, and then the sixth man, it's finally time to find out who it is. And, of course, it's BG James. Goes straight after the outlaw, the one, the Billy, the ass, the gun. Hey, uh, <laughs> I have to ask you guys something. Yeah, what's up? Why did Road Dog beat up the ref? Yeah, he like he dude, Road Dog was just on one because first thing he did was he beat up the cameraman. He knocks the cameraman out. The cameraman's selling dead, but he's still getting the shot. Th- that was my favorite part of this match. So like the trainers are like tending to the cameraman as he's still shooting the match and he's selling dead. And then he knocks out Rudy Charles for no reason, the referee. And then uh you get a nice you get three three fifths of DX are going at it in the ring with Waltman gun and uh road dog uh someone in the crowd apparently had a steam whistle because it was just tooting it for a while here that was fun uh and then brown pounces sean waltman from behind into the shadow realm like (laughs) you could see sean waltman's soul in his body that bounce it was amazing and then uh ddp uh goes hits a diamond cutter onto somebody but outlaw breaks it up uh there are just bodies at this point in this match flying everywhere like bodies are strewn about there's cookie sheets there's trash can lids uh we get a double pounce which i loved by brown uh and then i think it's Jarrett goes for a scoop slam to waltman and waltman just fucking flops over like he makes it to the top of the slam and then just falls down and then Waltman counters a powerbomb attempt into a sunset flip roll-up to Monty Brown. And that is actually the end of the match. And the good guys win in 1535. Oh, you know what? Boy. This match was a disaster in every way. Yeah. It was awful. But I had so much fun watching this match. Oh, I me could, too. I kind of want to watch it again. Like, what, I thought it was so much fun. What did you give it? I gave it two and a half. I couldn't really I do too. more than that. Yeah, uh, I had 2.75 <laughs> written down, but I had to come down because I, it's not a good match, like at all. It's not. It's a mess. There's too many people in the ring. There's too many cookie sheets. There's a lot of bad botches, but it's so. It, fun. I was I was smiling from ear to ear the whole time. What about you guys? Oh, two and a half. Enjoyed the hell out of it. It was a disaster. It was a mess. It was fun. Loved it. Yeah. Yeah, two and a half. Um, I think that there were multiple of these wrestlers who were back with Sean Waltman, maybe uh, partaking in some substances. Yeah, you might be right there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think TNA around this time was pretty good at getting old stars. I mean, even if it was a terrible match, getting them interacted in a fun way uh, and using that nostalgia. Yeah. But yeah, I this mean, was uh, <laughs> this was something else. Super fun. Yep. Um, so... Any of these guys that you want to talk about here? Uh, I think DDP is probably the the biggest one that we could talk about. He had some classics in WCW, especially that Goldberg match at Halloween Havoc. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, his his, his they got cut short. Yeah. His match back with AEW was really good. The oh, Outlaws. Cool. The Outlaws had some classics back in the oh, day, yeah. especially against Chainsaw Charlie and uh, Cactus Jack. Yep. Hey, you want to hear a you want to hear a good one for DDP? What's that? And this will help uh, something from earlier. Diamond Dallas Page versus Raven in a Ravens Rules match. Uh, Spring Stampede '98 WCW. Ooh. It was a four star match, fellas. We wow. might have to go back and watch that one. There's wow. some there's some good X Pac matches out there too. Um, 
Jarrett's got a few good ones. Jarrett and AJ Styles had some really good matches. Yeah. Hey, how about uh, how about Jarrett's theme in TNA, Kyle? Love Corn ripoff. Does that just get you going? It get it gets me going. Here's a question for you guys: Has there ever been a wrestling theme that fits a character less than Jeff Jarrett's early TNA theme? Uh, Dude, I, I think it fits him perfect. Sounds Jeff like Jarrett's that. 2000 WWE or uh, <laughs> 1998 WWF theme. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Every theme that Jeff Jarrett's ever had. I don't know. I just love that theme. Like you're right. It just did seem kind of out of place because it's super like maniacal and and like sinister. It's just um, like a bad cover of a like Blind by Corn. <laughs> yeah. Or like Freak yeah, Leash. It's like that's what it sounds like to me. Like it's even got the like. Like the like the <laughs> screaming guitars in the beginning, like it sounds like Freak on a Leash, but uh, it's fun. Yeah, it's I, I guess so. By the way, um, just a, just a quick comment that's totally off topic. Uh, the for Cody's entrance at Revolution, it made me like his song less because it was such a yeah. bad live performance. Yeah, oh, it was ugly. That his entrance was a disaster because that's also when you saw the neck tattoo for the first time. And between yeah. that and the performance, oh yeah, it was like Cody, what are you doing, buddy? I don't know what happened to the vocalist, but uh, he did not bring his A game. I think the thing that happened is he's just not very good. Yeah, yeah. they they edited. You could tell they edited the hell out of that song in the studio. Oh yeah, for sure. But it turned out good. Uh, with that being said, I think it's main event time, fellas. Yeah, I'm I'm running to the bathroom, so I'll be back. All right, I will explain the happenings that led up to this match. Uh, so, uh, Abyss one day is just harassing some ladies in a truck, as you he does do. That. Yep. <laughs> you know, as you do. And AJ, being the gentleman that he is, comes to the rescue, says, I ain't scared of you like those girls might be. And they start fighting. And that's kind of what leads to this uh, like kind of brutal feud that they had going on. Uh, awesome. it, leads, it leads to a, this number one contendership match, which, uh, to be fair, I, I'm not sure this match needed that stipulation. Like, this felt like a pretty personal feud to begin with. I don't know why the number one contendership needs to be on the line, but that's just a nitpick. I mean, who cares? Uh, you know, it's You're right. a number one contender match, so that's what we get. So obviously the winner is the number one contender for the world, the NWA world's title. Uh, Styles, like right when this match starts, just dives like over the top rope through like the cage door onto Abyss outside, which just sets the tone for what kind of match you're about to see. Uh, I don't know how he did that. Man, it Right off the bat, it was evident to me when I watched this, like, how good 2005 AJ Styles was. Oh, my God, dude. He was head and shoulders better than anybody else on this roster, like, in the ring. He might have been the best in the world at that point. Yeah, I mean, really. uh, He, I mean, and then Abyss, too, like, is he played that role of, like, big man throw little man, like, so... He did exactly what he needed to do in this match. He throws AJ. AJ does that thing where he used to like go prone and like slide under the barricade. And then he jumps off the barricade, turns that into a Hurricane Rana. And then like two minutes later, Styles like jumps from the barricade over like what, like six rows of fans onto that this, was like, impressive onto yeah. this like bird's nest. And then he jumps off that with a forearm. Jesus, AJ in the Bro, his athleticism was fire. just stupid. Dude. It was, Yo, he was out of control. You, uh, we're all in a group chat with a bunch of our other friends, and we've been talking about just how amazing, how phenomenal, pun intended, it was short hair, young yeah. AJ Styles. He, yeah, was so, he was untouchable. Uh, one of the most brutal spots in this match to me was the one when Abyss was against the barricade, and AJ went to run and like do a dive onto him, but... Abyss just moves, and a- you just see AJ go flying into the crowd. 
Like he went like six rows deep. He oh, went yeah. flying. Uh, AJ's busted open after, I mean, three of the of the most brutal cage door spots I've ever seen in my life. Oh, dude, that that second one that hit him in the oh. head. Oh, I thought. Oh, oh my god. Him. Yeah. I feel like the second and the third ones were both just brutal, just disgusting. Uh, Abyss just as like he's such a movie like horror movie villain in this match. Oh yeah. Like at one point he like goozles AJ Styles and he like throws him into the cage like in the stands. Like he threw him like you'd see a bad guy throw a guy in like a superhero movie. Uh, this is when I noticed the mat too really starting to look like I wouldn't want to work on it. Uh, Abyss folds AJ in half with a big boot at one point. AJ gets launched face first. Like he goes for like a leapfrog and then Abyss just like throws him up into the air and he lands face first into the turnbuckle with a chain wrapped around it. Just a lot of uh, unique like uh, ingenuity in this match. I thought like a lot of spots that you see very often and they all look great. AJ's doing everything he can. He counters a press slam into a tornado DDT onto the chain that's on the ground now. Uh, he hits this amazing bridging German suplex for a near fall. Uh, he teases a Styles Clash, but he can't get Abyss up. Uh, Abyss hits this amazing black hole slam, like mid-Irish whip out of nowhere. But AJ kicks out. I That, that got me. That false finish definitely got me because nobody kicks out of the black hole slam. The then the thumbtacks come out. Yep. Uh, the uh, the thumbtacks are all over the ring. Uh, AJ somehow counters out of a black hole slam. I don't know how he did that, but it was amazing. And uh, he hits a Styles Clash to Abyss out of nowhere onto the tacks. By the way, uh, great look where he like leans up and you can see all the tacks and like in his chest and his arms and he's like yelling and screaming. Thought that was awesome. Uh, somehow Abyss kicks out of it though. AJ goes on top of the cage. Abyss pushes the ref into the cage, which knocks AJ ribs first uh, onto the top of the cage. Looks like it I hurt pretty that. bad. I loved it too. Then Abyss climbs up after after uh, Styles. He takes the chain and he like essentially hangs AJ with it over like the top of the cage. Oh man, that was a groovy spot. Oh, I loved that spot. Yeah, that was, that was amazing match. Uh, and uh, pretty much hangs him with it. AJ manages to escape, hits this ginormous sunset flip powerbomb to Abyss onto the tax, and uh, wins the match in. Uh, I did not write this time down, but it was about 20 minutes. It was like 20 minutes. Uh, fantastic. What did Fan- you give it? Four and a half. I was teetering on 4.75, honestly. Oh, uh, I, I gave I it 4.75. That was just absolutely beautiful. Like this, it was brutal. It was hard to watch at times, but. Everything was just so stiff. Everything was so well done. AJ was great. Abyss was great. If you're going to watch anything from this card, this is the match to watch. I yeah. thought it was. Yeah. No, no pun intended. 4.75. Uh, it was It was almost perfect. I mean, yeah. I could almost, if I gave it five, I wouldn't question myself. Like, yeah. I wouldn't so. blame you for that at all. Luke, yep. what'd you think? I gave it four and three quarters. It's one of the best cage matches I've ever seen, man. It was yeah, I mean, probably, it's probably my favorite cage match. It's oh my god! That's uh, excellent. I think I mean we'll we'll get into that too. But Abyss deserves so much more credit than he has ever received. But uh, oh. AJ is AJ is at this point. Uh, Kyle, while you were gone, we kind of talked about how AJ at this point was like the best in the world. So oh, definitely he was. Um, I got, uh, short hair, two thousand five AJ Styles. He is the reason 
that I love TNA in this era. Me too. Like he, I, too. He I think straight up is the reason. He's the reason people fell in love with TNA, and then once you get there, yep. you get to see the Petey Williams and the Christopher Daniels and Samoa Joes, and so it, yeah. it all came together. But yeah, this uh, yeah and that's awesome. off the air with uh, AJ well, being some, the victor. What's some of your favorite AJ and Abyss matches and moments? Oh man, AJ, it, there's so many to choose from. I mean. Uh, you you can look at almost anything AJ touched in TNA, the feud with Kurt Angle, Samoa Joe, yes. Christopher Daniels. Any, but then, yeah, any AJ match, dude. Then the John Cena matches when he came to WWE. His John Cena series might be my favorite AJ and Cena moments. I mean, obviously, it's Punk and Cena, but man, Styles and Cena just had this chemistry that was magical. And I could still go back and watch their matches today right. and uh, find something new about them, especially the the Royal Rumble 2016 match that they had was just perfect. Uh, but I mean, you that, can't, like you said, yeah. As someone who's seen like his New Japan stuff, is there a match that you would really recommend? Shinsuke, yeah, yeah. at Wrestle Kingdom, uh, is phenomenal. So but what I about mean, Abyss? Abyss, oh, you gotta yeah. go that Sabu match, right? Yeah, the Barbed Wire sure. Massacre. Yeah. yeah, Turning Point 05. Yeah, that was phenomenal. Um, uh, you know what was real. You know what was really fun? It may not be a, the best match in the world, but you know what was just fantastic? Uh, Josh Matthews and Scott Steiner versus <laughs> Jeremy Borash and, and Abyss, Abyss when he was uh, the lawyer. The lawyer, yeah. And they, they did like a Broken Hardys type of match, and it was just oh, terrible, man. but it was funny. Well, for like Prime Abyss, like his monster's balls were awesome. Uh, oh, yeah. Abyss versus Rhino versus Sabu versus Jeff Hardy at Bound for Glory 05. Monsters we did Ball. that one. Did that one. Yep. Yep. That was a good one. Uh, can you guys imagine for a second? This is just like a crazy fantasy booking scenario. But can uh, you imagine an Abyss in his prime Monsters Ball match against Darby Allen? Oh. Give me man. that match. Give, Give me it. that match. Oh, Dude. my God. Darby's so fun. Uh, here's Best. one that people wouldn't really expect uh, TNA Turning Point 2008. False Count Anywhere Abyss versus Kurt Angle. Ooh. I remember that match. I remember that match a little bit too. That's the one I think Kurt Angle did like a somersault flip yeah, off the somersault stage. Somersault senton off the stage. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great match. Um, uh, but yeah, Abyss, I just think super, super underrated because he gets a lot of flack for being like a Kane slash Mankind knockoff. But that's uh, just but surface level. Exactly. Exactly. There was so much more to him. Um, and he was really a great foil to a lot of awesome superstars in TNA. You could argue so, that, that both these guys were two of the most important TNA figures like ever. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, both of them are top five, right? Yeah, for sure. Yes. Wait, I completely agree. Okay. So, so just tell me who are your top five TNA guys of all time? Uh, it, this is in no order, but I'm going to go Samoa Joe, AJ, Abyss, Angle, and Christopher Daniels. Yeah. That's, that's, my, my that's exact, the same five too. That's my exact five. <laughs> um, Sting, Sting is, a close, close one. Yeah, I one. thought about Sting. I thought um, about Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy, Tessa Blanchard. Oh, true. Uh, Jeff Jarrett, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, he's, I Jeff guess, Hardy. like, by by necessity, like, you're obligated to say that. So <laughs> right, I, right. He's not on there, you know? Like, he um, kind of just forced his way into that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what did you think about this show in a whole? What you grade it? And- um, I gave the show a B. I kind of struggled grading it because the first couple matches, like, rough and even some of the more like main event style matches ha- just i mean the come on the uh the lethal lockdown match was a disaster 
but man, that main event really helps things a lot. And oh, I enjoyed God, yeah. most of these matches, even with their warts and all. So yeah, I, it was just kind of a solid B. I gave it a B. I thought it was just a fun show. Uh, yeah. T- 2005 TNA was just very, very, very good. Yeah, for sure. Entertaining. Luke? It was very entertaining. I, B also. Um, it was super... It was a lot of fun to watch. It was a good trip for nostalgia because, like like I said, 2005 is when my brother and I were really watching TNA. Um, and this is this ca- this encaptured um, a, a lot of what 2005 TNA was all about. And AJ Styles, I mean, that's the thing. is You get an AJ Styles match at his best TNA work, I mean, you're not going to be disappointed. And so this no. main event really helped save the save the pay per view. Um, there were, like I said, there's still a lot to like about it, but God, that that finale is classic TNA. So um, that was TNA Lockdown 2005. Pretty good show. Yeah, um, I loved it. So first, be- before we talk about WrestleMania, um, ooh, I have ooh, a couple ooh, ooh. questions that were sent into us on Twitter, and then we're going to call one of our listeners who I've been texting quite a bit lately. One so, of our right. friends of the podcast. Yeah, man. one of we our. We got to get him in on the WrestleMania predictions. Okay, we'll, we'll 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 make him be on there. Um, so first question we got was from our boy Slebby. He said, "How have you guys been doing?" And you should talk about how good the Wednesday Night Wars have been so far this year. Yeah, yeah, Slebby, so, doing good, man. Uh, uh, it's kind of tough. I think we're all in an interesting state right now, uh, so it's kind of hard to say exactly how we're doing. You know, definitively uh, out of work, so that's not the best thing in the world. But hey, you know, we're kicking. We're doing a podcast. I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Doing all right. Ready to this to be over. Uh, I hope it's over by June so I can go see Newfound Glory and Simple Plan. But true, um, true. So uh, the Wednesday Night Wars have been really good. I'm Team AEW all the way. I feel like the the they were good in like late 2019, early 2020. But I feel like the gap now is really starting to widen. Uh, even before all the COVID stuff started happening, you were kind of seeing this like de- ever since Takeover Portland, like something's been off with NXT, and I think you're kind of try- starting to see that kind of reflect in the numbers. And I think now with everything going down and with NXT essentially, you know, mailing in their shows, which I don't blame them for doing. Right. Uh, I think the I kind of think the wars are over. Like, yeah, well, I think well, we we'll have a winner. I mean, well, yeah, w- there's a lot. Can we happen. thought WCW won too? Yeah, that's true. Here's a weird thing with with the Wednesday Night Wars. Um, I have admittedly, you know, straight away just from watching WWE products in general. Um, I think that the residual effect of WWE's uh, bad booking most of the time has seeped into NXT. And as much as I loved Portland, like TakeOver Portland was amazing, and people call it one of the best TakeOvers ever, um, I still just find myself naturally um, attracted to AEW. Yeah, me too, man. I I haven't been watching WWE, like at all. No. I've been keeping up with the stories, and I I watched uh, the first Raw they did from the Performance Center and the first SmackDown just out of curiosity. Uh, But, you know, I just, I can't sit through Raw. I can't do it. I right. can't sit through that show. I can't sit through SmackDown. Like knowing that I have like time is precious, you know. And yes, if I'm thinking wrestling, like I, I there's I, I mean AEW is ticking all of my boxes for me right now. I watch Dark every week. I watch AEW Dynamite every Wednesday. I catch Impact when I can. Uh, I try and watch NWA, and then WWE's kind of last on the list for me, honestly, right now, which is a weird time to also, be in. Also, I never thought I I never thought I'd say this, um, but I watched an awkward Stone Cold promo, and it was 
Oh, was, that it was SmackDown. Was it? Was it SmackDown? Or was it Raw? It was Raw. Yeah, where so where he came on and and did a ha, not having a crowd reaction to Stone Cold kind of makes him seem as cheesy as he was. Um, yes, when he's like, "Give me in a hell yeah," and there's no one to give him a hell yeah except Byron Saxton. And, and I mean that was all right, but even him, like even him sharing a beer with Becky was weird. Yeah, it was, it was wasn't weird, it? dude. Um, you guys ready for the next question? Yeah, our boy yeah. Sabo the Let's Savior. Uh, yeah, Sabo. He said, "What are your thoughts on Impact NWA, and is there any certain podcast you listen to? What you guys, what have you guys been up to, and how are you spending your time on lockdown?" Oh. Um, I don't watch any NWA. Uh, I try to watch Impact, but I don't watch it a lot. I love Impact, though, and I like what they're doing. Um, and the podcasts I listen to are Bruce Pritchard's uh, Something to wrestle. wrestle With, 83 Weeks with Eric Bischoff, and Talk Is Jericho. I've been really getting into Talk Is Jericho lately. Me too, me too. Especially with all the uh, ex-WWE guys that he's been interviewing. It's, it's Oh, really... yeah. Uh, if you guys haven't listened to the particular the Brody Lee or the Matt Hardy episodes... I think it's required listening for any like big wrestling fan because they really peel the curtain back to what's going on in the WWE. And uh, let's just say it makes me want to distance myself from their product even more. Yep, you're right. Yeah, um, it's definitely not all beautiful. Um, I will say, uh, I mean, obviously, they're also Conrad. They're very mainstream podcasts to listen to. But Arn, I've, I've really, really enjoyed Arn. Um, I think that uh, the Jim Ross's podcast with Conrad is it's hit and miss. I think Jr. As much as I love him, like he's starting to get a little bit um, old and bitter. I don't know. Like he responds to hate from fans way too much and kind of babbles. But there's some episodes from the back in the day that are really good, just from where he was at in an administrative role. Um, so, um, kind of covered Impact and NWA already. How I watch them when I can. Uh, podcast wise, I there's quite a few. You know, obviously all the Conrad podcasts are. Must listen material. If you're looking for more current day reviews and stuff, check out Smart to Death or Post Wrestling. Uh, Post Wrestling skews a little negative, so it can be kind of tough to listen to them. But if you want to hear someone bash on Monday Night Raw, it's they're great. Uh, so check those guys. Okay. Out. Um, okay. So next we have Jake Jonas. He just says, "Please do more episodes." <laughs> we love. That's not a question, Jake. Or sure, yeah, never say never say never. I wouldn't mind um, doing a Skype episode a couple times a year. I mean, yeah, we could probably do that. Uh, make no promises, but I'm just saying I wouldn't mind. Tyson Larson says, what do you think of WWE today? We kind of cover that. And which wrestling show is the superior show in your opinion? It's definitely AEW Dynamite. AEW Dynamite. Dynamite. Uh, I, I, I honestly, and I know my bias is probably showing, and I don't care. It's my show. It's our show. We can do what we want. I don't see how any like hardcore wrestling fan couldn't pick dynamite right now over anything else because their show is consistent their wrestling is consistent their storytelling it's just all so consistent and it doesn't insult your intelligence no and uh it you know i mean on purpose but you know it's not i just don't see how anybody could pick anything else right now but that's why everyone has different opinions you know yep and then the last one before we call keith is from talise uh what have you been up to since the last episode what in the current wrestling world has you jazzed? I'm not sure if I've heard you talk about favorite movies, music, books, pretty much anything and everything. Y'all like comics? I've clearly missed you all. Tilly's, she's a sweetheart. Tilly's, you're the best. She, and, she uh, actually, she has a podcast right now too. Yeah, so check um, that up. Yeah. What's it called? Do we know? I'm I'm looking for the name. I 
I shouldn't have said it until I had the name. No, that's Come okay. Um, as far as music, Kyle's favorite band of all time is Limp Bizkit. Um, it, it's actually Newfound Glory, but... Oh, uh, well, sorry, Limp Bizkit, you're no longer the number yeah, one Limp Bizkit's been out- ousted, huh? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh, Le- Newfound Glory's been my favorite for a long time. Wait until Frederick hears about this one. No yeah, longer no. The, the band of the podcast. Um, uh, my, it's been made fun of a lot. My favorite band is Metallica. Um, but I love all sorts of different genres. Uh, right. Zach, what do you what you got, buddy? Uh, I've been on a big Wonder Years kick lately. Like oh, I love the Wonder Years. I've been listening to a lot of Wonder Years. Uh, they're probably my favorite band of all time. Uh, uh, I listen to a bunch of different stuff. Big Death Cab fan, uh, big Poppy fan, uh, as we alluded to earlier. Uh, <laughs> I just you know I like I like punk rock. I like metal. You know all that fun um, stuff. So podcast is called Pinups and Pinfalls. Yes, Pinups and Pinfalls. Them Give them a that. sub. Give them a sub. It's good. It's a good show. I've I'm a subscriber on iTunes, so Same. definitely check that out. Um, Movie-wise, it's crazy. My favorite movie is This Is The End with Seth Rogen on the apocalypse, so we're kind of there. Yeah. Uh, Eternal Sunshine is my favorite movie of all time, and it probably will be forever. Oh, yeah. Tree of, Tree of, oh, Life, God, is, Tree of yeah. Life is a close second, the Terrence Malick movie. Uh, I'm a big cinephile, so uh, I'm always looking for fun movies to watch. Also, she, this is totally off topic because she said, what's your favorite book? But, like, there's this book, and I, I just can't really find much about it. It was called Somebody Come Out and Play, and it was a scary book that I read in, like, eighth grade, and it scared me. So, there's that. we got to track that book down for you. Yeah, let's do it. Wow. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, should we should we call Keith? Well, let's hear about Luke's favorite movie first. Oh. Uh, well, I mean, my favorite movie, I think, is Shawshank Redemption, but Spot- Eternal Sunshine is so close. I thought I you were going to say Detective Pikachu. I was really considering it. That's Ryan Reynolds' uh, defining role. Oh, that's wow. actually that's actually Jordan Kelly who runs our Instagram page, who still runs our Instagram page sometimes. Um, his favorite movie. Like well, legit. Oh my! I don't know if it's legit his favorite movie. He just talks about it all the time, so I'm saying yes. I right, let's sure. get Keith on the phone. All right. Okay. We're putting him on the spot here. Oh, I gotta get. Yeah. No, we're putting Kyle prepared. on the spot. We're putting yeah. Kyle on the spot. That's what yeah, we're you're... doing. Okay, let's see if this uh, works. God damn, Kyle, come on. God damn. Can oh, you hear boy. that? This is so primitive. It. Yes. <laughs> Hello? Keith. Keith. What is up, guys? You're on Big Boys and Body Slams, my man. Yeah, buddy. You can hear everything good? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you guys hear me? Yep. Loud and clear. Awesome. So, uh... So we're, glad to hear me hearing you guys again. Yeah, it's been a fun one. The quality might not be the best, but it's been fun. Yeah, that's right. We're, yeah. we're playing fast and loose. We're having a good time. Yeah. Right uh, on. So, we're going to do a WrestleMania... Uh, predictions? Just talk, yeah, predictions. So, we're going to have you involved in that, all right? Yeah, that sounds great, guys. All right, we ready? Ready. I'm ready. Let's do it. Okay, so I'm going through Wikipedia, and I'm just going to start from the top. Number one, Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair. Um, I'll go first. Uh, I, I'm having a hard time with this one. I'm going to say Rhea, but I'm not very confident in that answer. Well, knowing knowing WWE, uh, I think that I think that they're going to go with the the Charlotte. I don't know, man. <laughs> I, oh. I know it's hard. You know what? Because they always end up in the end putting over Charlotte. Like in the end, she always ends up winning. But it'd be so huge for Rhea. Uh, I'm gonna go Charlotte. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna All be right. crazy and controversial. Keith, uh, I'm gonna go Charlotte also. I think that you're right. She's 
always the one. She's the go-to, and and yeah, it's gonna be it's gotta be her, right? But what happens? The, the only question is, what happens after? Like, what the hell are they I gonna do? Gonna gonna I'm going. I'm going Rhea, but I think Bianca gets involved somehow. Oh, hmm. I like that. Yeah, I think she. Yeah, I, I think like she that. interferes through the through the crowd of zero. But uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. So the next match is uh, Brock Lesnar and Drew McIntyre. Drew, Drew time, baby. Drew. If they don't do it, if they don't do it, it's they're gonna fuck up again. So, I mean, so I, I'm picking Drew too. But like, I'm I'm gonna go out here and say like, I kind of hope Brock retains at WrestleMania so Drew can win at SummerSlam. In front of a crowd, pop. Yeah, get that pop. Oh yeah, I wouldn't bad. be too terribly surprised if that's the route that they're decided to go. Here's my here's my fear with that match though. Um, we talked about it time and time again. Brock Lesnar has great pay per view matches with small guys that you can just toss around. He when he goes against bigger guys, not so much. Um, so I'm hoping that they'll be able to find a sort of chemistry and really work well. But we have seen Brock going against big guys and not faring too well. True. All right. I'm that they do something cool with those two at least. Not just a five-second match. Right. Yeah, I I agree. I was kind of let down that last year's was like a two-minute match. Um. Yeah. So next we have, we're not really sure what's going on here. It's either Goldberg versus Roman Reigns or Goldberg versus Braun Strowman. Yeah. Did you see on SmackDown that they're still advertising uh, Goldberg Reigns, even though like everyone's pretty certain that it's not going to happen. So we'll see. I, I'll, I'll give I'll give Goldberg Braun the prediction and i'm gonna say braun luke um i feel like goldberg's gonna win uh if if it is if it is against braun Strowman, i would as much as i would love for it to like springboard braun we've talked about this so many times they they'll try to do that and then just just wreck him um trying to make him like the modern day big show i don't know man but uh if if reigns does make it i think reigns will win and if not, I don't know. I just think it's such a waste in hindsight. Granted, I never agreed with it anyway. It's such a waste in hindsight that uh, Goldberg beat The Fiend. Like, that's just insane. I know. Still, Especially it's still in hindsight. But, yeah, I, I would go with uh, Goldberg if it's against Braun. And if it's against Roman, then it's going to be Reigns. <laughs> yeah, I kind of think the same. I mean, Goldberg definitely isn't going to beat Roman. But if it's, if it's someone else substituted in, even Braun... Um, I'm going with whoever faces Goldberg. I don't think Goldberg's going to wrestle again until probably the next Saudi show. So I'm saying Braun or Roman, whoever wins. And then if it is Braun, I bet Roman ends up beating him for the title. Um, next we have Becky Lynch and Shayna Baszler. Zach? Oh, Shayna. Shayna's going mm-hmm. to mop the floor with her, I think. The vampire? Yeah, the vampire. So weird. But yeah, Shane is going to end up winning it. Um, Becky's Becky's illustrious run is going to come to an end. A full year. But yeah, Shane, Shane looks unstoppable. Yes, she does. Yeah. I wouldn't mind Becky winning just so she'd be Becky two years, but yeah, she's not going <laughs> to if she gets hurt. And is off TV for a long time. I'm going Shayna, um, but I kind of think it would be cool if Becky won again. But yeah. just because you never see those long title runs anymore, but Becky has lost a lot of steam. Yeah, she steam. has. So she needs to be on the chase. 
Yeah. Next, we have a Firefly Funhouse match between John Cena and Bray Wyatt. You know, I want to say Bray Wyatt, but man, I don't know anymore. I wouldn't be that surprised if Cena went over, but I'm going to say Bray. But man, I don't know. I'm pretty confident, but you never know. So, is it going to be like pre like goofy broken stuff where it's like going to be pre-taped in the funhouse? What the heck are they going to do? I, I believe I so, yeah. Oh my god. Um it's going to be wacky. I'd say The Fiend, but this is going to – yeah, oh, my God. I don't even know anymore, man. <laughs> I don't even know what to make of The Fiend anymore. I know. Like, it's Bray is still doing his damnedest, and I even really like the promo between him and Cena originally in the empty arena. Oh, I love um, that. Like, I, I think that even – I think Bray's ten times creepier when there's no crowd to react, um, but <sighs> that sounds ridiculous. <laughs> I hope it's good, though. Yeah, I hope it's I hope it's a lot like like a broken uh, type of video. Uh, like that's gonna play up really well to not having a crowd. I mean, that's kind of the best time to do it. Um, and I would be very surprised if John Cena wins because I mean, what's that do for him? Like, where does where would he go from there? Yeah, he does not need that match. No. Um, I'm going Wyatt. I think he. It's only logical, and I th- I don't think Cena's a guy like Goldberg who's gonna hog the spotlight. I think Cena's gonna put people over. Right, like I think that's all he wants to do right now. I think I think Cena's kind of in that Mick Foley type role, who will come back to make people stars. Sure. Yeah, I agree. Can I just say I've kind of missed John Cena. I've missed John Cena too. Yep. Yep. Definitely. I've seen him back every now and then. Um, Next, we have Bailey, Lacey Evans, Naomi, Sasha Banks, and Tamina in a fatal five-way for the women's title. Do I have to pick someone? (laughs) I guess Bailey. I don't know. Luke? Yeah, I'd go with Bailey. Yeah, I'd go Bailey, but I bet she loses at the next SmackDown. I'm oh. going Sasha just to be different. Oh, there you nice. go. Nice. Nice. Um, next, we have a bone saw Boneyard match between The Undertaker and AJ Styles. I was thinking Bone Saw because of Macho Man. <laughs> I wish it was Bone Saw. Oh, mm, uh, AJ. Oh, God. And we don't know what a boneyard match is, right? No, we have no nope. idea. We know it might involve a cemetery, AJ said. This is so stupid. Um, <laughs> this is what my favorite wrestler has come to. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with Taker. But I, I'm not going to like it, I don't think. I'm going to go with Taker. I'll, I'll go I with AJ. I don't see them putting AJ. What was that? I just don't see them putting AJ over him at WrestleMania. Lesnar and, Ryan, uh, Roman. Yeah, that's true. I'm gonna go with uh, AJ. I think, I think it'll be a nice win for AJ, and uh, maybe give him momentum for one last title run. Oh, I'd like that. You know what? I I don't know. At this point in both of their careers, I don't know if a winner or loss in this match does anything for anybody. Yeah, you're not wrong. Uh, I like, know that AJ, AJ could easily lose this match and still like fight for the title the next night on Raw, you know? Yeah, like, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't matter. Okay. I just think for this match, I think the thing we need to all do is just keep an open mind because we know it's going to be goofy and wacky, but they have a lot of time to, like, put something funky together. So, yeah, well, we'll see the what thing. they did. Here's the thing, too, is we went into, um, we had very low standards, <clears throat> for example, for, like, Batista Triple H, and that ended up surpassing our expectations. It wasn't anything great, but... It certainly really surpassed like what we were thinking. Yeah. Okay, and maybe uh, 
potentially match of WrestleMania. Let's go with Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins. Oh, baby. This could definitely be. I got to go. I got to say KO. He needs a big win on a big stage. I got to say KO as well. I think that this has been building up to it. Uh, and if I'm they... going for Rollins. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, after that last promo we did, he just sounded so confident. Like, he already knew. And I just don't think that they're, I mean, they, they don't want to pull the trigger on KO. They don't. That's that. That is true. That's that's damn true. I'm kind of right there with Keith on this one. I think Rollins is going to win, and I think Roll, we're going to see a Rollins McIntyre feud for the title eventually. That would be pretty sweet. So, um, next, again, this one is up in the air right now. It's a triple threat tag team for some title SmackDown match: the Usos, Morrison and Miz, and the New Day. It might be just a triple threat between three singles competitors in a ladder match for the tag team titles because Miz might be oh. sick. So. Oh, no. Who knows? Pick pick who you want. The Usos. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm gonna go with. <laughs> oh man. Uh, I'm gonna say they retain. Yeah, I'm with you on that Miz one. Yeah, I'm with Miz and Morrison. Uh, I I do kind of hate that Morrison was a world champion in Impact and then comes here and he is just stuck in a tag team that was what he was doing when he left, but. At least he's got some gold. That's just what they default to, and they don't know what else to do with anybody. They're like, it's what insane. did you used to be? Well, let's make you do that again. Scoop him up before anyone else could. Maybe they'll get Eminem back together. Ooh, that would be awesome, actually. Oh, oh boy. One night only. Um, <laughs> so next is the Raw Tag Team Titles, the Street Profits. Uh, it was supposed to be Andrade and Angel Garza, but now it's Angel Garza and Austin Theory. Oh. Uh, I think Street Profits win, obviously. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, That's an easy one. Yeah. That should be a hell of a match. I hope so. I hope so. That should be a good one. Do uh, you think like a mainstream audience is going to identify or be excited about an Austin Theory appearance? Nope. No. I don't think anybody even... For the hardcores. Yep. Um, next, we have Aleister Black versus Bobby Lashley. God damn. Aleister Black, I hope. Better. It better be. <laughs> I swear to God. Yeah. They're gonna it put over should Lashley. be a squash match. They're gonna put over Lashley here. Don't I don't say want that. I don't want it to happen, but it's going to. Yeah, gee, oh, that's man. <sighs> Oh yeah, I agree. Alistair should go. <laughs> We're so pessimistic on this man. <laughs> We've had no reason to not be over the past like handful of years. Every time we think like not every time, but almost every time we think we have a sure thing. They just fucking circle jerk us and don't give us what we want. <laughs> um, we have we have three matches left. We have uh, Elias King Corbin. This is the, the lion. This is the lion. <laughs> the lion king match where uh, Baron Corbin let Elias fall from the rafters or whatever happened the other day. <laughs> oh, Elias, I get no Corbin. Corbin. I'm going with Elias. Oh, Keith, gonna go Corbin. I'm going Corbin too, but this match does not excite me at all. Not at all. Zero percent. Um, this next one might excite everybody, and I think it's pretty easy who's going to win, but Edge versus Orton. Edge. Yeah, I'll go with Edge for sure. Edge. It better be. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we're all across the board, Edge. But that could be a really good match, I hope. Um, one match left, and that's Sami Zayn versus Daniel Bryan for the Intercontinental title. Samuel Zayn. I'm going to go with Danny. I'm going to go with Daniel Bryan. I'm going with Daniel Bryan too. Ooh, I'm not but, in the dark but hey, if Sami Zayn 
got that. That'd be like his signature uh, main roster career moment. WWE, yeah, yeah. He already has the belt. Yeah. Well, I, I understand, but that's his WrestleMania like big stage. Oh, uh, I got you. I got yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. I gotta um, say, I'm pretty much fine with whoever wins that match. Yeah, like me too. Yeah. Hey, before we, be damn good too. yeah, it's gonna be really good. And before we let Keith go here, uh, I have a question for Keith. Are you there? I'm there. I'm uh, I have a, up, a big question for you. It's been a couple weeks now. How are you feeling without Tom Brady in your life? Oh, <laughs> man. Man. You know what? I've moved through uh, through my stages of grief. And, uh, <laughs> you know, if he wants to take take his talents down to Florida, then uh, so be it. Uh, you know, I am looking to the future. And the future is Jared Stendham. Perfect. All right, Keith. We, we truly are living on an alternate timeline. This oh year. yeah, like we we have slipped over Twilight to a parallel zone. universe. Absolute Twilight Zone. Well, Keith, thank you for joining us for yeah, the thanks, Media Pod. We love you, buddy. Yeah, guys. And thanks, thanks for listening. Thanks for coming back. Yeah, yeah, thanks for having me on. I'm so glad you guys are coming back for a little bit, at least for one, maybe more in the future. Maybe possibly. No, never Wait, say never. never. Nudge, nudge. Uh huh. Ne- never say never. We're Terry yeah, Funk right? here. <laughs> That's right. We're funking it again. All right, Keith. I'll talk to you soon, buddy. All right, guys. Thank See you, man. You too. So there's our WrestleMania predictions. Thank you to Keith for being a good sport about it. And uh, uh, thank you. Thank thank who? Me? You. <laughs> Thanks, man. Uh, yeah, I'm just I'm just. This was fun. I'm glad we did this. Uh, uh, again, the sound quality may not be the best, but um, it's all right. Hey, we're boosting asses out here, fellas. That's right. Hey, My ass is boosted. You know, usually we end with a two sweet, but I think Zach is going to uh, post a nice little promo at the end. Yeah, I got I got a little treat for everyone. So uh, we're all going through, we're all going through some hard times, and uh, I think Dusty Rhodes is going to take us away tonight. Yeah, so we'll all call it to Dusty. But any any last thoughts? Anyone wants to give on Mania on on wrestling? Now now is your chance to speak up. Keep oh. watching AEW, folks, because it's keep only keep watching AEW. Better. And, uh, and I just support, s- support indie wrestlers. Yes, they're, they're going through it. Uh, I just want to say that you know we're all going to get through this together. Uh, before you know it, we'll be watching uh, wrestling shows and sporting events with uh, crowds of fans. We'll be eating in our favorite restaurants again. You know, we'll be going out freely and doing what we like to do. We we just have to get there and just need to stay positive and uh, lean on your friends, lean on your family. We're going to be all right. Uh, we still got wrestling, and uh, let's get ready for WrestleMania. All right, guys. Buckle down. The big boys love you. Let's That's go. That's right. Love you. I would like to thank the many, many fans throughout this country that wrote cards and letters to Dusty Rhodes, the American dream, while I was down. Secondly, I want to thank Jim Crockett Promotions for waiting and taking the time because I know how important it was. Starcade 85, it is to the resident fans, it is to Jim Crockett Promotions. And Dusty Rhodes, the American dream, with that weight got what I wanted. Ric Flair, the world's heavyweight champion. I don't have to say a lot more about the way I feel about Ric Flair. No respect, no honor. There is no honor among thieves in the first place. He put hard times on Dusty Rhodes and his family. You don't know what hard times are, Daddy. Hard times are when the textile workers around this country are out of work. They got four or five kids and can't pay their wages, can't buy their food. Hard times are when the auto workers are out of work and they tell them go home. And hard times 
or win. A man has worked on a job 30 years, 30 years. They give him a watch, kick him in the butt, and say, hey, a computer took your place, daddy. That's hard time. That's hard time. And Ric Flair, you put hard times on this country by taking Dusty Rhodes out. That's hard time. And we all had hard times together. I admit I don't look like the athlete of the day supposed to look. My belly's just a little big. My hand is just a little big. But brother, I am bad and they know I'm bad. And there were two bad people. One was John Wayne and he's dead, brother. And the other was right here. Nature Boy Ric Flair. The world's heavyweight title belongs to these people. I'm gonna reach out right now. I want you at home to know my hand is touching your hand for this gathering of the biggest body of people in this country, in this universe, all over the world now. Reach it out because the love that was given me in this time, I will repay you now because I will be the next world's heavyweight champion of this hard time blues. Dusty Rhodes tour. 85 and Ric Flair, Nature Boy. Let me leave you with this. One way to hurt Ric Flair is to take what he cherishes more than anything in the world. That's the world's heavyweight title. I'm gonna take it. I've been there twice. This time when I take it, that it. I'm gonna take it to you. Let's gather for it. Don't let me down now, cause I came back for you, for that man up there that died 10, 12 years ago and never got the opportunity to see a real wolf champion. And I'm proud of you and thank God I have you. And I love you. Love you! The American Dream, Dusty Rhodes fan.